Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I am Ben Magnet, your host, and I am joined by my bro, Ryan Eliopoulos, and you know what time it is. It's time to talk about quarter four of 2023. It's the quarterly episode, an episode where we, uh, where me and my bros from the Fake Nerd Podcast, or now bro from the Fake Nerd Podcast, because the other gentleman who normally joins us, he is taking care of a newborn baby girl. He who is, is the uh, cutest little thing in the world. Yeah, uh, Sparks Ready is not with us because he's playing the game of life. By that, I he mean is. he is raising a child. So it's a little more and important. Not the board game. <laughs> not the board game. And not the. Well, he'd reached the part of the board game where it said, you had a baby. Yes. And then and then he's like, what's a video game? And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> life hacks. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent, but that doesn't mean we have some awesome stuff to talk about. That happened from uh, uh, October to December of 2023, and it's of course as we're planning to do this, a bunch of other stuff in the few opening weeks of January decided to like open the floodgates of just a bunch of controversy. So we have to just put a giant pin in that to talk about the next in the next quarterly. But oh yeah, still a lot of stuff happened in uh, the end of the year and also some video games were played obviously yep. and for once in this entire <laughs> and in this new in this quarterly i actually have different video games to talk about than zelda tears of the kingdom listen it's over it's done <laughs> i don't have to talk about it anymore <laughs> no ben but you are playing another 100 hour long rpg that's also coming a little late but you know what that's okay because when I when games was. are this when games are this long like you, you can't beat them in a weekend like it's crazy not only that not only that, I was playing an RPG. I actually beat it last weekend. You 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 beat a game that I haven't beaten, which is fantastic. Exactly. That, makes, that makes me so thrilled. Yeah. yeah, and but we will definitely talk about. We'll be talking about the games that we played. We're talking about the games that are coming out in the first quarter. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's the end of January. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, if I remember correctly, because Sparks is the one who is the the quarterly was Sparks's idea. Mm -hmm. And out every time we do a quarterly episode, I always go, the format goes new stuff, video games that we played, and then other stuff. But then he comes up and says, actually, we're going to do this in first. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, we got some news. <laughs> Obviously, three months is a long time to talk about, so like, we're not going to hit everything. Hey, there's plenty of websites nope. and other videos if you want more deep, detailed analysis of three months stuff. But here's mm -hmm. some stuff that we've that we've gathered that yeah. we want to talk about. Also. I would, if you want to go back and like go more in depth into certain news things, a uh, friend of the podcast, Gamers Week Podcast, is a great place to go, in my personal opinion. I love those guys. Check them out. And also, two of them have been on the the have been on Pause Menu as well. But yeah, yes. Ryan, what kind of what's your first uh, news story, or oh. do you have how many news stories do you have, do we want to talk about? Because I have three right off the bat. I have three, but technically two, because two I just want to talk about um, two big big game trailers. Uh, that, that, that are big news uh, before I get to my actual quote-unquote news story. Um, ben, there's this small indie franchise. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Grand Theft Auto. Uh, oh, and Oh, yeah. Oh, that tiny little franchise that um, yeah. that ha constantly needs a Kickstarter to start their new game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard about it. I might yes. have dabbled in yeah, it's on, earlier entries. It's on Indiegogo every couple years. Yeah. Um, uh, we, You guys very briefly talked about it on the Fake Nerd Podcast, but this is the gaming show, so I want to talk about it more in depth here. Uh, the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 came out, uh, and it is, without a doubt, uh, like the most hyped game of all time at this point. Ben, I, wanted, mm -hmm. I want you to take a guess. Uh, you know, we watch trailers all the time, and trailers get millions of views when they're hyped up. It's been one month since the GTA 6 trailer came out. How many views do you think the trailer has on, Ro on the Rockstar Ooh. account? 
Yeah, take a, just take a guess. And I'm not like I'm not trying to like get you because like it's it's no, 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 no. it's no, an no. impossible it's an impossible well, number. I remember when Size Gundam Style broke the record as most viewed video in the world. Oh yeah, don't get it's not like a billion. Don't get crazy. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's not a billion, but I would say 15 million views times that by 10. Oh, a hundred and you know, I was a hundred and seventy million. I was thinking it was probably in the hundred million, and I was thinking fifteen million. I was like, nah, I'm pretty sure fifteen million was like the first week it was watched. Yeah, you but, get like okay. a new, uh, like one of the Marvel movies. Like, oh, this Marvel trailer got five million views in its first day. And I'm like, Grand Theft Auto has a hundred and seventy million views. Uh, with that, Grand Theft Auto is a franchise that everyone everyone likes. You know, if you're a game, it's like a Call of Duty. Like, it, gamers know it. They recognize the quality of it because they don't come out every couple years. They come out like every, well, at this point, 10 years because GTA 5 came out in 2013, 11 years ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, that game is still being supported online. You can you can live an entire life in GTA online at this point. The amount of things you yeah. can do. I check in every once in a while, but it's like, it's not uh, it's not like my favorite type of life service game. It's like, you know, being a drug dealer, businessman, stockbroker, club owner. Like, I'm not, I'll do that in a single player game. I don't need to do that online. Uh but Ben, you watched this trailer a while ago. Like we didn't have to rewatch or anything, but like I was so impressed that I'm like, every time I think like man, Rockstar can't do it again, I'm like, this almost looks real. <laughs> this looks incredible. Uh uh all the Florida man stuff is first of all real. Like every clip in that trailer is something that happened in real life. Um Yeah. And the fact that makes me excited is because, like, again, I do, like, I didn't love GTA Online. Not that it's bad. It's, like, it wasn't for me. They are going to be doing so much more now that they're 10 years removed from GTA 5 Online. And they've actually hired modders from the community who helped make that game better years after. So, like, they're going to put oh. so much effort into GTA 6 Online that I'm super excited. Uh, but more than anything, uh, I think it just looks like a, like a really cool crime drama like they always do. I'm just curious what, what you have to say about it. GTA, my relationship with Grand Theft Auto, the series as a whole, has been, it's, I wouldn't say a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Because the one only GTA game that I actually sat down and put real hours in and actually played and enjoyed was Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. It's a good game. That's and a real good game. It, no, it is 100% a fantastic game. And I'm not trying to knock any of the GTA games. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I, for me, it's mostly that my brother was the bigger GTA fan. Because he would, he would, we were introduced to GTA 3 at our friend's house. We come home, and he gets Vice City, and then he begs my dad for San Andreas. Oh, yeah. And even though we already had Vice City, my dad heard about some of the stuff that, that people can do in, Vice, in San Andreas, and he was very like, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. The, even though the, Vice City was all... The hot coffee controversy where you're uh, doing some naughty business. Some that came business. after yeah yeah, yeah that I, that was the biggest thing when the game released on pc and i remember my dad very specifically asking us if we could do that on the ps2 and we said no that's on the, the <laughs> pc port we can't do that we we can't there's no such thing oh, no way for us to access that yeah on the uh, even looking back on that controversy now that actually another shout out to gamers week they talked about that in a recent episode the hot coffee mod and even looking back on that whole controversy, it's just like, yes, you can do the apps, but all the clothes are still on. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because oh, uh, as someone who just played Baldur's Gate 3, and you are doing multiple, multiple hot, naked-ass sex scenes, I'm just like, wow, we've come so far uh, in video games. It's yeah. crazy. But I remember like when I first got GTA 5, and I actually, because you know, because there's like strip clubs in all the Grand Theft Autos. You go oh, in yeah. there, it's just like girls in bikinis. This one, you actually see boobas. Boobas. You see boobas. <laughs> you see yeah. boobas. Yeah. And I'm like, 
okay. This is like the first, but other than that, my relationship with GTA is just mostly watching my younger brother go around just causing mayhem. Oh, yeah, Just yeah. putting in all the cheat codes he possibly can, trying to get his one level, and not doing any missions. Every once in a while, we'll do a story thing, but he was just going around playing in the sandbox, which is a valid way to play. Absolutely. But when I was a kid, I wanted to be like, what's the story? What's mm-hmm. going on? Why yeah, yeah. are we Tommy? Or why are we um, CJ? What's... Why why is Smoke yelling at us to follow the damn train, CJ? Oh, What's shit. What's going on? Here we go again. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Exactly. So when I finally played GTA V, I realized the story of Grand Theft Auto and how, yes, the game is a giant sandbox of doing whatever the F you want, but the writers in the game are amazing. They are fantastic writers, and the story... And the story of like three people, like one was a, a, two of them were former partners in a bank heist that gone awry. One went to witness protection, ran out his friends. The other is just trying to make a name for himself and rise up from getting out of the essentially the ghettos of Los Santos into a better life for himself. Yep, yep, yep. And then you got one who's just absolutely batshit insane. Trevor, and what a char- out, what a character, yeah, what a character. But also he's he is there even though his friend somewhat portrayed him in a um. My, uh, was it Michael? Johnny? Michael. Michael, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not because uh, it's uh, Michael, Franklin, and Trevor. Yep. And even though Michael betrayed him, and when he finds out, it's like, dude, this is what's going on. I need to protect my family. It's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'll protect. Like, the scene where Trevor goes off on the, like, the America's Got Talent ripoff guys <laughs> for trying to, like, make Michael's daughter dance in a way that he didn't approve of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, look, this dude is effing insane. But he will do anything to protect his niece, and I have to respect that. Yeah, that thing I love about Grand Theft Auto is, um, first of all, it, every single game is a is a different spin on. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no! Yeah, I'm good. I'm still here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. He's okay, still... cool, cool, cool. Sorry, my cat almost uh, ruined my life just a second. Uh, the thing I love about oh, no. Grand Theft Auto is that every every game takes place in a different era and it's always a spin on American satire and like how uh-huh. awful Amer- America, uh, American Americans can be. And what I love about it is it's made by Europeans. So like, they're, it's not like they're biased. <laughs> like, oh, we got to make America look good. Like, no, they, they know what they're doing. And, uh, and a lot of Americans eat that, um, sh- eat that shit up. And I, as do I, um, I mean, I, when I was playing Grand Theft Auto GTA five and I'm doing a mission after I bid do a big story mission, it goes weasel news. I'm like, that's Fox news. <laughs> Oh yeah, they are like the even the tag like confirming like the whole game is satire, yeah. And it always makes me laugh about how obviously look, we know what you could do in the game. We know what's available to you. You could be a totally hardened criminal. You can go out and just go on a murder rampage. You can be in bed with a lady of the night, kill her, take your money back. You know all this horrible crime stuff. Yeah, and. That's what American media latches onto is like, oh, look at this corrupting the children. But then when you actually look at the script of the game and what it's talking about, it's like this is making fun and putting out horrible things in the United States. This yeah. game, while amazing game with a great story, this is also a big commentary yeah. on like the Weasel News confirming your prejudices. I will never forget that. And when it finally clicked, it's like, holy shit, they're making fun of Fox News. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, oh my god, GTA is political. 
Yeah. Um, well, God damn. Yeah. Uh, and the older I get, the the more I appreciate it because like from uh, I never played the early like the very early top down ones. So like the, you know they're they they were good mm -hmm. games. Just like you know they're they're pretty rudimentary for the time uh, because they were yeah. limited. But like once three is Vice City is really where things started to pop off. Uh, mm -hmm. the, like a giant open world. You know uh, what I love about the Grand Theft Auto series is every. Every character is so unique and fun, and obviously, like, like, uh, kind of poking fun at America, but like, also, like, like you said, Ben, like, a lot of criminals, like, they do what they do for family, right? And like, no matter yeah. how crazy Trevor can be, like, he still loves the people in his life, despite you know sometimes maybe wanted to kill them. But like, what I'm so excited about the new the GTA Six is that like you're playing a you're playing like lovers, like you're playing a, a like a like a boyfriend girlfriend couple, and how the life mm -hmm. of the criminal life will bring them in different ways and like maybe you can affect that like how much you want to be involved or not but like the controversies around grand theft auto are always so funny because like you know again weasel news fox news is like oh this is corrupting america you can just do whatever you want and like you notice every yeah. time you do something bad cops come after you it's not like you get you're getting uh -huh. away with it like it's not like it's just like a free murder simulator like you know like as much call of duty as let's be honest um so i'm just so excited because it's taken 10 years to get this new gta and where where video game systems are now, you know, two generations later, uh, the game's gonna look beautiful. It's gonna play great. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be as funny as ever because if I think ha being it take place in Florida, going back to Vice City or uh, 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 yeah, Vice City, right? Uh, it's gonna be yeah, Vice it's, it's cause it's like Miami. Um, it's just gonna be so much fun. And again, like uh, that type of online game is not my favorite, but I think. I think they can. They'll, they're going to be able to do so much new stuff by bringing the community in, like especially like role playing elements. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just gonna. It's just gonna be so much fun, and that game yeah. is gonna sell so many copies. Oh, I got another oh, fun God, statistic yeah. for you, um, Ben. Do you know what the highest selling video game of all time is? It's not. It's not GTA, but do you know what it is? I thought it was GTA Five. So uh, it's Minecraft. Minecraft has sold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. But Minecraft uh, is is for literally for everyone whereas gta is like a mature right, right, series right. uh minecraft sold 300 million copies gta 5 has sold 190 million copies over 10 years that is yeah. unfathomable like when when games are trying to make a million sales two million sales like like big playstation games like spider-man and god of war sell like 10 15 million right so like mm -hmm. 190 million is bananas and the fact that more people are oh, playing yeah. games now than ever that game's gonna sell so hard and it's gonna be supported for like another 10 years and i'm just i'm very mm -hmm. excited for it uh I'm just, I'm I love I love that franchise. I think it's now, so wickedly smart. I will probably pick up GTA Six eventually. Yeah, it's not now, going anywhere. No, no, it's it's not definitely not going anywhere. And I'm not trying to. I mean, I would I do kind of poke fun at Rockstar here and there because GTA. Don't get me wrong, GTA Five, amazing game. It truly is. That's like the first GTA game I played from beginning to end, and I truly had an amazing time with it. I would recommend people for a good sandbox game. Oh yeah. And but once again, it's like. GTA um five GTA five has spanned three console generations, which I find hilarious. It's but because people it's like, keep buying it and supporting exactly, it. Yeah. So it's not it's yeah. not on them, it's on us for oh, continuing no, no. supporting it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, oh, how dare you? It's not yeah, like yeah. Rockstar, how dare you? It's like, hey, look, if you got something that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's Skyrim. Also, it's, it's the Skyrim yeah, thing. Exactly, like, wait, exactly, they're putting 100%. Skyrim out again, like, yo, because we keep buying it. Yeah, true. It's, it's very me. True. I keep buying it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the point I was going with is, uh, is just Grand Theft Auto. When these guys put their minds to it, when Rockstar works and they they give us a fantastic product, and also people for a long time have been wanting to go back to Vice City because mm -hmm. even though they weren't like the main style games, San Andreas and Vice City are beloved PlayStation Two games. 
Oh, yeah. And even though, like, the main titles, it's like Liberty City, because, you know, Liberty City is based off New York. Los Santos is Los Angeles. Vice City is Vice City, Miami, obviously. But I am so excited. Like, the second it said six, and then they, we got the Everglades, we got all this other stuff. And it's like, we're going back to Florida. Hell yeah. We're going to Vice City. I'm excited because I love Vice City. Not really because of the gameplay or the story, but because the soundtrack that was taking place in the 80s was one of the coolest goddamn things ever. That's and another I was thing, trying yeah. to look up the playlist for Vice City B-Rock because that's where I was introduced to Quiet Riot, um, David Lee Roth's solo career with Yankee Rose, and just a bunch of glorious 80s music. Absolutely. Like, that's where I first heard um, Depeche Mode's Personal Jesus. And for 20-plus years, I thought the, the lyric was, reach out and touch me, not reach out and touch faith. Yeah, uh, that's another thing about yeah. Grand Theft Auto is, like, they introduce a new generation to, like, absolutely incredible music. Because licensing music is really expensive, not just in movies, yeah. but in video games. So, like, Rockstar's got the money. So, like, yeah, uh, every every uh, uh, Rockstar game, uh, except Red Dead Redemption, because I don't think they're trying to license music from, like, 1890. Uh, and those games are great, too, by the way. They're, they're, ca they're capital games. They're not music games, really. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're not on a horse listening to your radio. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm excited. That did exist back in the eight, early 1900s. Yeah, I definitely, like, for our generation, one of the most famous trailers is uh, uh, Flock of Seagulls, I Ran So Far Away with, with Vice City. Like, that's, I, yeah. that's, that is memorable. And then with San Andreas... Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. Absolutely. That's how I was introduced to Guns and Roses. Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Uh, That's how. San Andreas. I had... became a G. I became a G and R <laughs> fan because of fucking Vice City. Or, yeah. Uh, because of uh, San Andreas. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely, uh, Vice City and San Andreas uh, introduced me to a lot of music at probably too young of age, but it's not that. It's not a big deal. I turned out fine, right? Uh, I just swear every other word. Uh, so I'm excited to see what new music. <laughs> is going to be in this game. There's going to be some, obviously some great bangers Dude. Introduce the younger generation to some music. They might not know. Uh, and going back again, going to Florida, dealing with crocodiles, crazy people, ladies with guns in the street. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I'm because I am truly excited. Um, I know the game's going to sell bangers and I probably will pick it up and start playing it. Uh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like Grand Theft Auto, for me, Grand Theft Auto, you have to be in the right mindset for it. Mm -hmm. Like when GTA five came out, um, my brother was kind enough to buy me the game because he was stationed in Korea at the time when he was in the military. And we were just talking, and he asked me if I got GTA 5 yet. I was like, nah, dude, I don't have it yet because, you know, money problems and other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, nah, 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 nah. I got to fix that. And he bought me and sent me the game. And my college dorm roommates were just so excited because one day I went with one of my roommates to Best Buy, and they had all the displays up, but they were going to toss a bunch of the cardboard displays away. Yeah, yeah. And what plays was just this giant this like this cardboard cube with parts of the cover <laughs> as art on the cube and i'm looking at and we're cash and we're checking out and i look over and they're it's like hey are you just getting rid of those standees and those stuff and that stuff and they're like i mean yeah we're gonna toss them away later tonight i was like can i take one and they're just like uh sure i've always wanted to ask for a standee or like a movie poster i yeah. know it's going away and i never have i didn't i didn't think like they could yeah. give them away but i guess that's true dude it was like the best conversation piece when people would come into our dorm room. They would see the Grand Theft Auto Cube and they're like, "Where'd you get that?" And I just joke is like, "I stole it from Best Buy." GTA Cube City. All right, yeah. so uh, and then they asked me, "It's like, oh, do you have the game?" I'm like, "No, not yet." Ah, <laughs> uh, God, yeah. I had the standee before I had the game. 
you're right. You do have to be in the right mindset because, you know, I play so many open world games and like open world games are about, all right, traversing a big world, but also fast travel. None of the GTA games or Red Dead Redemption have fast travel. Like you, the, it's called Grand Theft Auto. Like you drive to your location, you talk to the people in the car, you listen to the radio. Like it is, it is more a vibe. Like, no, you have to like set aside a couple hours to invest yourself in a world instead of like, oh, I'm going to play for 10 minutes because like you won't get anything done unless you just want to, you know, kill random people and go to jail. One other game, Ben, I want to talk about, and it is a recent trailer. Um, and we're going back to the 40s. Do you know why we're going back to the 40s, Ben? Why are we going back to the 40s? Because Indiana Jones and the Great and the Great Circle has been announced. Da, 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 da. I'm actually excited for this game. So I'm a huge fan of the studio making this machine games. Uh, nobody makes better Nazi killing simulators. Oh, am I good? Okay, sorry. My Discord just went crazy for a second. Um, oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, audio issues. I think my cat's still messed with something up. Anyway, um... Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is coming out. Machine Games, they've made the past two, or three Wolfenstein games over the last decade, and those games are phenomenal. Not only are they incredibly great, old-school type, uh, like, like almost Doom-esque shooters, they're really fast, you know, when you have to pick up ammo and health, it's on the floor, so you have to press X a lot, like, really old-school type of games. But what I love about them is there's so much heart and character and, like, story in those games. And, like, it is about, alt it's an alternate history where, like, the Nazis win. So it's, like, you dealing with Nazis in America, and it is so heartfelt and profound and beautiful, and your main character, CJ Blazkowicz, is so cool. Um, he's just a really great character. So, like, when it was announced a couple years ago that Machine Games was going to make Indiana Jones, I was like, oh, can I get a hell yeah in the chat? Uh, it was exciting, and we finally got a trailer. And boy, howdy, this looks so incredible, dude. And the thing that I'm most the thing that I'm most excited about, and there are some people online who are, who are naysayers. They're like, oh, I wish it was third person. And I'm like, y'all, we have Uncharted. Y'all, we have Tomb Raider. It would just be those games again. And I do not want... Uh, machine games a first person studio to make a game that they're not equipped to not that they couldn't make it but like they excel at first person and the thing about third person is like that is you looking at a character first person you are the character i want to be indiana jones so when i see that trailer he's whipping dudes and he's punching them to the music i'm like oh my god holy shit they did it uh, the amount of puzzles that are just like there, like you don't have to deal with all the like the main story puzzles. They'll just be puzzles in the world that you can solve and you'll get a trinket or you'll get extra experience or something. But you can avoid that if you want to and just do the core story. I'm like, you guys, you guys just made the perfect Indiana Jones game. I'm so excited. Uh, I know you're also a fan of the franchise. I just, I want to hear what you have to I say am. about. Also, do you like the great circle name? Are you, people hate it. I think it's fine. It's not the greatest, but like, I'm, it, it works for me. It's Indiana Jones. It's yeah. just, to me, it's just another thing. And even in the trailer, it says, if you connect all these major things, you get a giant circle. They're all perfectly aligned. It's like, it's called the Great Circle. It makes sense. Yeah. Stop complaining. Yeah. Uh, some of the other <laughs> I, games. I, I have no problem. Like, when I first heard the title of Indiana Jones at the Great Circle, I didn't, like, after seeing the trailer and seeing why it's called that, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, um... It's like any like any other in like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Where are they crusading for? For the Holy Grail, the final crusade that's um it's like it's or Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ark of the Covenant. It all makes it's just to me, it's just regular Indiana Jones naming like even recently, Dial of Destiny that came out last it's year. It's a thing and a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a it's Indiana Jones and the thing and the MacGuffin. I get it. Yeah. If you look I'm at the other games, like uh there's a there's like um like uh, text adventure games and like click and click and point it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I played one of them oh. earlier. It's the fate of Atlantis. That's pretty basic. Yeah. That's a basic title, right? Yeah. So like, I, I understand it's not like the most flashy title, but like, you know, the great circle, the circle around the world makes sense to me. But what do you, how are you feeling about this gameplay? Um, I'm all for it. Hell yeah. I just, 
I completely forgot that they were making an Indiana Jones game. So the second that this tra- that the trailer and, and everything released online, like I'm scrolling through TikTok and I, all of a sudden I see a trailer for an Indiana Jones game. I'm like, what? Yep. And it's like first person, Troy Baker doing an amazing Harrison Ford impression. Um, Real quick on Troy Baker, like that dude is in literally every video game ever made. So the fact that he was that it wasn't announced it was him, we just heard the trailer, and I'm like, who is this? Whoever they got sounds like Harrison Ford. I'm like, holy shit, is also Troy Baker? Like that dude's so talented. That dude is so yeah. talented. Hundred percent. And just this game looks like an Indiana Jones movie. But it's an Indiana Jones movie that I'm a part of. Oh, that yeah. I could advance the story myself. And I am so excited to not only play the game, but also see how they do the puzzles, how they do how they put you in the world of Indiana Jones going on this little globe trotting adventure, trying to figure out all the secrets and history and history of these ancient sites and how they're all connected, if they are connected. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where I am I really hope and pray that they nail it, that they just get this right. Because I feel with Indiana Jones, ever since, like, um, King of the Crystal Skull, any other Indiana Jones thing that gets released is just put under the biggest effing microscope. And it's like, can't yeah. we just have fun and go on an adventure, guys? Can't we just enjoy the adventure? Yeah. But you get a – I don't want to say you get a bunch of naysayers or a bunch of – um you know people with their noses raised up it's like it's not like this it's like no of course it's not like this because that came out x amount of years ago chill it's out it's true it's true i just want it to be good like i don't care if it's old school like i unfortunately i didn't yeah. love <laughs> dial of destiny but that felt like an indiana jones movie like like the spirit yeah. is there and like the spirit mm-hmm. is here hardcore and the fact that it's taking place between a couple movies between uh uh raiders and last and last crusade last crusade excuse me mm-hmm. uh i think that's great i'm i'm, I'm so pumped yeah. i'm so pumped um more Nazi punching. I can always oh. use Nazi punching. I it, enjoy punching Nazis. 100%. Ben, I got really bad news for you, though. It's an Xbox oh, exclusive. No. It's an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? Well, he- here's the thing. I feel like Xbox kind of needed uh, a decent exclusive. It's true. No, it's true. Uh, because I remember going off a quick little tangent. I remember earlier in the year, I want to say maybe around like the July or August, somewhere around there. A lot of internet discourse, or not discourse, but there was like some people just talking about where are the games for Xbox now. I'm not saying that no, Xbox sh- doesn't have games; they yeah. do. Um, you know, Game Pass is a great way to play games. There, I use it every day. De- use it every day. There you go. But when we talk about the games that were coming out later that year, it was like games for the PlayStation, games that were either exclusive for PlayStation, games that were Nintendo exclusive, games that were you know multi generation or multi platform. But there wasn't like, the, but the biggest Xbox title that was coming out was Starfield. But then it's like, yay Starfield! But then everything else was like, but look at what PlayStation, Nintendo were offering. Yeah. And then look at what Xbox is offering, and it's like, there's not a lot of stuff there. So and yeah, in in January. And, this isn't me, and also no, no, no. just sorry, just quick yeah. little side note. This isn't me trying to be an anti Xbox no fanboy because I want all video games to succeed. And now this, and now that this is a PlayStation, uh, no, excuse, excuse me, an Xbox exclusive, Indiana Jones specifically, I feel I, I want Xbox players to have something of their own. Absolutely, I want X, I do truly want fans, I do want Xbox fans to have something. Then they're not going back because I feel like Xbox fans have just been constantly burned over and over again that their first party titles haven't been delivering. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah. Whereas we look over at PlayStation, Nintendo, Santa Monica Studios god of war ragnarok and then they released 
here's DLC Valhalla for free. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. And then we got Tears of the Kingdom and the amazing Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. And it's just like... Spider-Man 2. I'm sorry. Spider-Man 2, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, So January, one year ago, actually, uh, is when uh, uh, Hi-Fi Rush came out. Stealth dropped. But that was yes. That was that's the best game that Xbox put out that year. It came out in January because Redfall was an Xbox exclusive, and that game, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite studios, Arcane. That game was awful because that was a live service like multiplayer game that like they've never made before. So like that game bombed and it was bad. Then Starfield came out and Starfield sold extremely well. Mo- mm-hmm. That game is not critically loved by everyone. That is loved by like seven people who. I, I think cannot see the flaws that that game truly has. I wish I wanted you know we talked about this several times. Like I wanted to love that game so much, and it's it was supremely disappointing to me. Um, so yes, they have Indiana Jones. Thankfully, you know Halo Halo Infinite took years to get where it's at, but Halo Infinite right now is an incredible game. They've updated it so much. There is so much variety to that game. Uh, plus the Master Chief Collection, so you can play literally all the different types of Halo all at once whenever you yeah. want. It's like Halo's in a good spot. I just wish it didn't take that long to get here. But yeah, Indiana Jones is coming out in like later this year it could even get pushed to 2025 but i don't think so um the thing about xbox they just had a developers like direct like a, a like a like a like a small you know like like uh sony what, what do they call it the playstation directs or whatever state of play state of play like xbox yeah. had their own state of play. and all those games look great like there was the secrets of mana which is like the new mana game that's coming out that's like a 3d uh a 3d version oh, of yeah. those games secrets secrets of mana that's a new game in the mana series that yeah. was i want to say it was announced on a nintendo direct because that's that's multi-platform yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but like on Xbox, it's gonna look hella nice. Like no offense to the Switch, but yeah. like that's that's a, no, 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 no. that's an old I, ass system at I, this I, point. Part of me was probably gonna pick up the game it, once uh, uh, Secrets of Mana comes out because it's coming out PS5, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. I'm probably gonna pick up the PS5 version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they had they had Avowed, which is like a new, uh, which is like a new like a fantasy RPG, which I'm which I'm into. Uh, it's it's from Obsidian, the guys who made uh, Outer Worlds, okay. uh, Outer Worlds, and Knights of the Old Republic 2, and uh, the best Fallout game, New Vegas. So like I have faith in that studio. So like Xbox has stuff coming out. It's just it's taken a long time to get there, and like. There's apparently, yeah. like, a Gears of War game that's been in development for, like, five years, and we haven't heard anything about it. So, like, Xbox is not in the greatest spot, but, like, we'll talk about a game that I'm playing later, but, like, they had a little game called Pal World, which is exclusive to Xbox come out. That game has sold... You know, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about Pal World when we get to it, but, like, that game okay. is taking the world by storm in a way that's unbelievable, like, unbelievable. So that was... No, Pal World was an Xbox... Is an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, it's Xbox and I PC. Oh, I thought it was multi-platform. Okay, nope. cool. Uh, it's not on PlayStation 5. I'm playing it on Xbox Game Pass. Love it. Um, there we go. But yeah, uh, those are just two games I want to talk about. Indiana Jones and Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, I'm super excited for both. GTA 6. Thank you. Uh, that game's 10 years old. GTA 6 comes out next year. Indiana Jones comes out in like nine months. So like we got a while to go. But uh, I have one other new oh, yeah. story, but I want to throw it to you for right. one of your new stories. Uh, one of my new stories is unfortunately something that's a little... Uh... It is kind. It's it involves a lot of things. Okay. And it's also a big bummer because it's, it involves a person who I've been looking. I I've actually met in person. I've wanted him to. I wanted this person to be a guest on my show. Oh, I know where this Part is going. Me, I know this is going. Yeah, you know where this is going. Part of me still does because. He, but at the same time, it's it's part YouTube drama part um like what's going on and it does involve things. So the headline I do want to talk about is, and the game I am going to talk about later on is. Um, one of my right now, one of my favorite RPGs to come out last year, Sea of Stars mm-hmm. has removed Gerard the Completionist cameo in the game, following Gerard's charity scandal, which was brought 
which was brought to light by another YouTuber, Carl Jobst. Now, if you guys don't know, Carl Jobst is a YouTuber who is famous for essentially he does speedruns, but he also exposes cheaters in speedruns. He exposed he I became a, a fan of Carl's because of his essentially deep dive and looking into WADA and how essentially WADAs are scan how like you know the big WADA grading the grading game scandal how yeah, yeah. WADA like you know inflates prices and it's like it takes mass print games such as Super Mario sixty four and upchart and like hooks the prices to make it seem like this game is truly rare and valuable and it's like what are y'all doing yeah that scam is, scam scam you know scam 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 and also of course even recently he would talk about uh billy mitchell yep. and another uh world air quotes world record holder for atari drax you know this whole thing like he goes into it and he brings evidence he says his sources and he has a whole bunch of stuff real quick uh, i want to i want to add real quick it, it was a it was a dual it was a dual uh investigation with another youtuber called uh some ordinary gamers uh mudahar right. on youtube uh but it was like they both did you i don't did you listen to their discord conversation by any chance with i did Richard? listen to this okay just um i i didn't listen to the discord conversation i did watch um carl's video where he added um audio from that okay then you saw the most Gerard... important stuff Yes. So all in all, Gerard did was not in control of the um, like the good news is, as far as I'm aware, he did not pocket the money, no. which is that that was the big thing. People thought um, the charity Open Hands is which he does indie game or indie land for where he raises money for a, for a decade. He's been doing this basically for a decade. He's been doing this. The, a lot of the things were th a lot. The main accusation was you're pocketing money because a lot of money was just sitting in the um charity's account not just, just like not a lot of money over six hundred thousand dollars yeah has been sitting in an account again he didn't touch it but it was never donated like he's been saying every mm -hmm. single year that's that's the big thing yeah. mm -hmm. and and apparently and they're going back to because the, the main story i want to talk about is sea of stars because when i was when i started playing sea of stars there's a there's an area in the game where um a bunch of people were um Something hap a, a town gets destroyed in a game, and while some people want to stay in the town and rebuild it, others want to move and settle somewhere else. Now, Gerard is a is a friend, and or at least he was a friend. He was very close to Sabotage because he talked about a game that Sabotage made last a uh, few years ago called The Messenger. It was mm -hmm. one of his favorite games. He absolutely loved it. And ascent and when they announced Sea of Stars, he backed them on Kickstarter. Um, he did all the stuff, and he didn't. And he realizes, like, oh, shoot, I didn't fall through with some of the things I promised with um, the developers. But because he donated so much money to for the Kickstarter, and since he he a bit, is a big YouTuber and is a champion for Sabotage, the developers, they put him in the game called Gerard the Constructionist. Yep. And he was essentially a major NPC in the game where he would go give building plans to and he would build this town. That's one of the completion processes or the things you need to do to complete Sea of Stars 100%. Complete it. Yeah, well, because of this charity scandal, Sabotage decided to remove him out of the game. Now it's Bob, right? Isn't it just Bob? Bob, the, it's just Bob. the builder? It's just, yeah, it is just Bob. And at first I couldn't believe it because when I went back to the... Because I have been playing the game, Sea of Stars, and when I went back, and it's like, yeah, because for major characters, they have um, a spr like essentially sprite work for him. And, it, and it's like seeing Gerard Constructions, because I've been a fan of this YouTuber for a very long time, I am like, oh my god, this is really cool. But then, of course, once the scandal broke, 
it was it's just been like damaging and even his i haven't watched his response um because personally i really hate watching response videos like that i i, I watched it i i've kept up with this whole thing yeah like the his response i heard his response video was not well taken it was not well done but i mean thankfully gerard himself hasn't done anything wrong but at the same time it's still damning and it's still a blemish on his reputation yeah and, and it's yes um i'm not gonna say that he is like completely ruined but like it, he's it's mm -hmm. it's gonna take a while for anyone to trust him again and it you are yeah. technically right ben he didn't do anything wrong technically but technically but Every single year, and again, like you watch any of the any of these like uh, uh, deep dive videos onto like onto the history of of open hand and in the in the the indie uh, charity indie land. indie land. Thank you. Um, every time he talks about, it, he's like, "Hey, every year we donate this money. You know, we don't use any of the money," which also is untrue because he used some of the charity money to help fund the the uh, the streams and stuff, which also is technically illegal. Uh, but it's not enough money to be really anyone to like really care about it, because um, you know the running charity organizations can be can be also expensive to run. You know it's not free to do these kind of things. But right. every year he's like, hey, we we are donating all this money to this fund, this fund, this fund, and he never did any of that. And that's the thing is like he didn't spend any of the money, but he also he never gave it away. Six hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars is a lot of money, dude. Yeah. And or like at least the people who were in charge of the money yeah. never truly gave it away. Yeah, but he but also, he know he he knew yeah, this. Exactly. He knew this. Mm -hmm. Uh and like he didn't technically like again, technically is, is like a, is a big word here, but like he did really shady shit un unknowingly. He didn't do anything on purpose. His his mm -hmm. reasoning was and this is completely false, by the way. But like he it wasn't a never enough money to to give to a foundation for it to actually matter. And the whole point of charity is a dollar helps out. It doesn't matter how big it is. And, like, yeah. the thing that's really damning is, like, if, if he were truly innocent, then he wouldn't be getting any backlash. But not only has he gotten backlash, basically all of his friends have, like... He has a podcast. I don't know if you listen to it. It's called Friends Per Second. It's a, it's a collaboration between, like, f four to five different YouTubers. He's no longer on that show because of this controversy. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's serious. And, like, the way he handled it, it was his response video was was he was laying out a lot of the things and like he did make it like he did make it uh uh like known like hey i i didn't do anything wrong here's all the information but he was also very like very angry and negative in it and he was like you're coming after me i'm going to sue you guys and like they didn't do anything wrong they were investigating something you did wrong yeah. so like he took it very personally and like i get it you know you don't want to be you don't want to be yelled at or or like you know but he he has to be held accountable for uh, and like he immediately, and the thing is like the next day after this got out, he donated the money. He could have done that years ago at this point. So like it is, it is an unfortunate thing, but like, uh, he didn't do anything intentionally wrong, but boy, howdy, this is one of like the worst ways to handle a situation on YouTube. Yeah. And like, he's just now uploading videos, like nothing happened, uh, which is, which is fine. He has a job to do, but like, man, that dude's reputation is kind of, it's it, kind of sunk. Seeing stuff like this kind of reminds me of you i'm pretty sure you remember years ago the pro jared scandal oh yeah 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 i mean now granted that was i would argue that the pro jared scandal was a lot worse it yeah. was a, it had more implications to it yeah yeah but then of course for weeks even i myself was on the train of damning pro jared for like because you know when that was accusations of you know 
of uh, wanting to be with someone under the age of 18 or yeah. grooming or yeah, yeah. anything like that. Those are horrible. Those are like you don't want to be associated with that. Absolutely. And then when he finally comes up and says no and he shows the receipts and he shows that essentially this all blew up and he was made to be the villain. Yeah. Damage was done. Yeah. And it sucks because even even in his own response video, it was like, look, here's the proof. Here's like I assume I assume because I was watching that some of the you know some of like the deep dives and the drama going after that from start to finish, mm -hmm. and he was like, yes, I was part of this. There are things that here's the things I did wrong involving his now ex-wife, but all the underage stuff, not true. Yeah. Here's me specifically requesting that they are you know of age of legal of adult age and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But by then, damage was done. Yeah, and that's and, and yeah. even though that he was uh, and that he was like, I truly he didn't do anything hundred percent illegal. He and he acknowledged that the fact that he may have not been the best husband to his wife. Yeah, I never resubscribed to his channel. Yeah, and even though it's like good, he's not a you know he doesn't deserve to go to prison or anything. It's still one of those things that it hurts. And he was a YouTuber that I really wanted to be on the on the on fake nerds i really wanted to talk to him and pick oh, yeah. his brain about his videos and gerard's the same thing i met him at socal gaming expo a few years um a few last year actually and he signed my hat i mm -hmm. bought one of his hats and i was just like really happy to meet him because here's his youtuber i've looked up to and now his i mean there i watched i started watching one of his um, videos for final fantasy 16 but still now that i'm watching it it's just hard to, to watch or see his videos come up on my feed now because of what happened yeah, yeah and it really freaking sucks yeah that there's a youtuber that you've watched and loved for years has come out and done these things and it also it kind of when stuff like this happens you, you also have to remember that the stuff that people put up online on like your instagram or even us like when we do shows like this we are putting up stuff that we want you to see. Yeah. Not to say that everything is facade, because even though we're we're doing a show and um, I don't uh, like what you're seeing here is mostly me as I am IRL. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm only putting up stuff that I want people to see that I'm okay with people seeing. Yeah. It's so it's, it's yeah. one of those things, man. Where like, especially, and this is an entirely other conversation, but like, we live in a in a generation, like in a digital generation, where like people love to see people fail. And like, and like, and it's, it's, it's a conversation of people have a mindset that like, they're just waiting for the shoe to drop. It's like, oh, I've always hated yeah. that guy. Oh, I've never liked that guy. And it's like, obviously if you've done something truly heinous and illegal, like you deserve the repercussions. But sometimes shit like this happens, like with, with something like with Gerard, where like, it was a mistake. It was an honest mistake. Like, I don't think Gerard's a bad person. Like, you know, he, but again, he's, he did a charity event for 10 years. Like, he wasn't doing that for nothing, right? Like, he, you know, he mm -hmm. lost his mom to this to this disease and he wanted to raise money for it. He handled it extremely poorly. But, like, people are, like, people extrapolate, like, oh, he did this thing too. Like, oh, this guy is a criminal and he should go to jail and I hate him forever. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, like, people should be allowed to make mistakes and grow. And that's another thing. Like, people yeah. aren't allowed to make mistakes anymore because once you do, you're immediately canceled, quote-unquote canceled, right? Mm -hmm. And you aren't allowed. Like, someone like Pro Jared, like, he's never recovered from that despite, like, this happening years ago, right? So, like, mm -hmm. it's another thing of, like, sometimes people need to have a little more grace with these types of situations. Again, like, I am the same way. Like, I haven't watched Gerard's new video because, like, this, like, this, I feel like I got burned by someone I, I really trusted. But, like, when you take a step back, it's, like, 
he did donate the money. He didn't pocket any of the money. He just he he made a mistake that he didn't know how to how to immediately correct. Uh, and right. like I think people should be allowed to make mistakes and grow as people. Uh, so I think Gerard will bounce back eventually. Like I think he's a talented dude, and like he's the best at like the type of thing he does. Like I love I love his stuff, and like dude, like playing video games is for a job is fun, but like. That dude plays like twelve hours a day every day. He plays every game to completion. Like he yeah. he does so much research and like and all this indie stuff and like he loves supporting indie developers. So like I hope he he gets to he will bounce back. Uh, like I want I like so. I want to be able to like his stuff again. You know I was definitely felt like oh I'm done with this guy, but like I was in the moment heated about it. You know as you often are with yeah. these situations. Oh yeah, especially because it's a char- it's a charity for something that is obviously near and dear to Gerard's heart. Mm-hmm. Um like if I lost my mom or any family, I actually I did lose my grandmother to complications of de- like when near the end it was really hard to hold a conversation with my with my grandmother on yeah, my yeah. Mom's side. It was just super extremely difficult cuz she would we would talk to her and she would go off and I would wait for a response and she would go, "Huh?" And I 100% understand it it sucks losing your a loved one to a disease like that. And Unlike, uh, unlike the, not to say that, not to, I, it's probably wrong with me to compare this to the Pro Jared scandal. Yeah, yeah. With Pro Jared, he never did recover, but once again, those allegations were 10 times worse. Yeah. And really, like, jail time was on the table. Were they true? Yeah. And also, real this, quick, like, there's a difference between, like, oh, like, like handling a money situation bad and, like, and besides, like, the, the, the underage of, like, treating his wife extremely poorly, like, that is something people will never forgive. And like right. that is something again. Like I'm not I'm not here to say you should forgive everyone who does something bad to someone, but like people should be allowed to make mistakes and grow as people. Because otherwise, how are you supposed to become better as a person? You know, like exactly. We we are always improving as people throughout our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the whole situation with the with Gerard the completionist does suck. But at the same, uh, the, also I saw a video for a thumbnail where it, Carl Jobs uploaded it, and it's Gerard's face, and it says he did nothing wrong. And I haven't watched it yet, but at the same time, this is like a recent video from Jobst as well. Yeah. Because even because I follow both Gerard and Jobst on uh, Twitter, and apparently after Gerard's response, Jobst tweeted, it's like, look, if you're going to come after me, I'm fully prepared. Because he's gone, been gone after before, like when he did his videos on Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell was suing him in Australia. It was all this stuff. And he's like, dude, if you want to come after me, I've done this dance before. I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. And it sucked because I respect both of these guys. Yeah. I respect Gerard for his dedication and passion of what he loves and does, especially when it comes to indie games. Cause he is a huge, like you said, he is a huge champion of indie games. Mm-hmm. And I also respect Carl Jobs because like, here are some of the dirty things of gaming, especially the WADA scandal. And he's like, let's talk about this because this does truly suck. And it hurts everyone who loves this hobby. Yeah. And, and it's, and the investigation, they weren't doing anything illegal. They were looking into uh, public tax information that anyone could mm-hmm. look up. It's just they were the first people yeah. to really look at it going, wait, where, where? every year he donates money, but I don't see any records of it. Let's dig deeper. And then yeah. they found this this grave mine. And, like, the thing is, like, again, this is, like, it's, it's like, I don't think Gerard was doing this on purpose, but, like, th- if this went on for, like, another 10 years and he never donated that money, we're talking millions of dollars that never went to charity. That is a problem. That is a problem whether he spent the money or not. Like, it shouldn't just be sitting in a bank account waiting for no reason. So, like, right. I- again, it's not the biggest, like, the biggest scandal in the world, but, like, it is something that's, like, this is going to take some time to recover from. But I yeah. think I and think, I think, think he will. I will say this has damaged his reputation yeah but it hasn't complete but he hasn't gotten the youtube slash 
video gamer debts now. Yeah. Especially when it has been revealed that the money was never pocketed. And yes, the reasoning of like why the money was sitting there for a long time isn't the best. But the but the sheer fact that the money was never put into um, personal bank accounts yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. So I don't want to say there's like that that fully absolves him, but at the same time, it's like okay, he still did not do anything illegal. But yeah, like you said, he could have gone around it a little bit better. But it does suck because I was happy when I got to that part in Sea of Stars that to see someone who not only championed the game hardcore, but championed the studio and made the studio. Because when Sea of Stars came out, it was this huge thing. Oh, yeah. Even my own Twitter timeline was just going all over the place to talking about how Sea of Stars is an amazing indie game. It's an amazing turn-based RPG. And that and playing Sea of Stars got me to start finally playing Chrono Trigger. Hell and it's yeah. Like, oh, I see the resemblance, but as I'm playing Sea of Stars, I'm like, this game is just fantastic. Yeah. It to me it it jumped from little note indie game to game of the year front runner. And, and it's I'm kinda of bummed it was snubbed for a game of the year. Yeah. But the fact that it still won uh a few awards at the game awards this year and has gotten other indie rewards is great. Yeah. And we're finally getting a physical uh copy, which yeah. I'm probably gonna double dip because I want to support that game. Absolutely. And and that game is a indie game, but like I wouldn't con- I don't think it's a little indie game anymore because like that game is massively popular now, which that studio deserves. Like every every studio yeah. deserves as much, you know, especially if the game is good, it deserves as much uh eyes on it as possible. And it's on Xbox Game Pass, so uh check it out there. I started playing it because of my PlayStation Plus subscription. There you go. They, like the set, like they were giving dude, it they were giving it out. A, yeah, I want to say a week after it was initial release. Cuz I think when it, it dropped on the store, I may, I want to say it was like 20 bucks maybe. I think it's pay. like it's like a it was like 30, I think, yeah. 30? Okay, yeah, yeah but still, uh, a pixel uh, indie game like that, $30, that's that 100% understand that. But then it's like, hey, if you're part of like the middle tier for PlayStation, you can access and play this game at no extra charge. I'm like Download instantly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Give it to me. When even yeah. when I was playing Tears, of, there are times where I was playing Tears of the Kingdom. I took little breaks from Tears and I started playing Seas of Stars. I'm like, okay, I see it now. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, this game is true. Like, I love this game. I, I that's the reason why it was in my top fifteen for Fakener podcast. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We'll talk about more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna jump to another news story real quick because this isn't really a news story. It's just something that I. I don't know why. Like, we were talking about a, a while ago how people like to see other people fail. Yeah. And I don't want to say this is in the same vein of that, but it's outrage about something that is really dumb and how angry these people are. And I don't know why. It just makes me laugh at the absurdity of it all. What's that? So, uh, so in the December, we had the Game Awards. That's true. And Baldur's Gate 3 one game of the year. Yeah, dude! My number one game and my number one item on yep. my top 15. Wow, well, what a great game! As I have yet to play Baldur's Gate 3, keyword there being yet. Oh, God. Ben, when you play it, you're going to lose your mind. I'm so excited. I, really I am, I mean, I, I, I'm going to go into this later, but I'm pretty sure 2024 for me is going to be the year of RPGs for me. Mm-hmm. But, because I, I kind of planned out, as like once I beat certain games, I'm going to go out and get other games, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. But the point is, this Dungeons & Dragons-style video game, which has been in development for years. Six years. And it, six years. And it took the world by storm with how um, immersive it is, 
with how customizable it is, with how every single decision you make truly affects. Not to say that Telltale games don't, but there are times where it's like so-and-so will remember that, and that doesn't kind of play into effect later on. Yeah. I the, mean, it still does, your choices still matter, but it's not to this extent. Yeah. But even though I have yet to play Baldur's Gate 3, after seeing all the stuff about it online, after hearing the, after seeing it being just taken over on my TikTok, on my timeline, the memes, all the other stuff, I'm thinking to myself, it's probably going to win Game of the Year. And you know what? This deserves it. As much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, as much as I thought Tears of, my personally, Tears of the Kingdom is my Game of the Year for 2023 yeah, yeah. because I played it. Yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 is one of those games where I know once I sit down and play it, I'm going to be like, nope, this one. Real quick, so, um, the thing about Baldur's Gate 3 that is also so special is it came out in August, and before that, nobody was talking about it because nope. that game was an early access for three years on the PC. Uh, it's a three-act game, you know, hundreds of hours, but only Act 1 was available for three years. And they, with the community, helped fine-tune that game to be the perfect game that the community will love. And that's why it's also won many, like, best community support of the year is also Baldur's Gate 3 and stuff. So, like, it came out in August, and people who had no idea it was coming out are like, wait, this game exists? Wait, the greatest Dungeons & Dragons RPG of all time just came out out of nowhere? And it, it literally did take the world by storm, by, like, surprise. So it was also just surprise that, like, this is like truly one of the greatest games ever made, and I didn't even know it was coming out because again, it was one, it was in development for many years at that point, so it was kind of like a known quantity, but like it wasn't done. And now that we got the yeah. finished product, ooh, I couldn't give enough chef kisses. Yeah, I know. Like no one, I didn't know it was coming out. I yeah. was like, but like I hear Baldur's Gate, I'm like, oh hey, Baldur's Gate, that's the Dungeons and Dragons thing, right? Okay, cool. So obviously, wins game of the year. A lot of gaming circles are like, like, of course it, is. of course it does, because for the longest time until August, the the conversation was Tears of the Kingdom. That's yep. game of the year in lock. Ooh, real quick, then, um, uh, on our on our uh, last Fake Nerd podcast, I uh, my prediction in 2022 for 2023 was no game will beat Tears of the Kingdom. I I even <laughs> uh, Sparks Witty wrote it down like the, I guarantee yeah. there won't be a game that comes out better than Tears of the Kingdom, and I. Tears of the Kingdom is like my number eight on my list. So like yeah. that goes to show you how many things can surprise you in a year. But go yeah. ahead. Like Baldur's Gate three just came up as a surprise, mother effa. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Why am I talking about Baldur's Gate three? Well, because there's a some gamers, a certain section of gamers. Do they have web? Do they have webs involved? <laughs> yes, it does. They added themselves as only playing a certain type of game, mm -hmm. and really not being plugged in now. I'm not saying they're not plugged into the gamer space, but they're very selective in the gamer space. And they are so mad because while Spider-Man 2 was nominated for Game of the Year, and I'm not saying Spider-Man 2 isn't a great video game. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen the reviews and they're like, hey, the game is great, but you know, after talking... Hey, you it's pretty good. it's a pretty good game. Yeah. It's a pretty good... It's Once again, it's not a bad game. No. They were so mad that Baldur's Gate 3 beat out Spider-Man 2 and there and a lot of these like there's this one um streamer i saw who was like no it's spider-man yeah. like he pauses the video and goes bro 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 be serious who's who's playing this game it's like where have you been millions of have people been actually <laughs> have you been living under a rock i mean yeah. i know the algorithm on tiktok and twitter does certain things but dude Baldur's gate 3 took over everyone by yeah. storm yeah it's also a situation of um, people who don't like 
like uh, uh, either PC games, tactics games. Like they don't like you know hardcore computer games, which this is. Like it is a point and click, very talky. You know, it's not Spider Man quick action. It is you are you are taking turn by turn by turn, like uh, strategizing. Yeah. It's it's D and D. You know, it's literally D and D in a video game. So like it's there's strategy involved and like. So many of the arguments are like, how can people enjoy this? Just clicking around and like picking random buttons. I'm like, y'all, it's called have, it's called like a genre. It's called having a different yeah. like a, opinion. Like just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, and like as someone who has played Spider-Man 2 and it is a great game, uh, I've played Spider-Man 1 and like while it is, it is an improvement on that first game, there's a lot of it. It's the same map. There's a lot of the same stuff. If anything, the abilities are trimmed down from Spider-Man 1. Whereas Baldur's Gate 2 is, if there's anything you've ever done, tabletop D&D, you can do in this game. You can. It mm-hmm. is the most, like you said earlier, it is the most customizable, free, free-flowing game ever made. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. It truly is. Like you can kill every NPC that you want and limit the amount of quests you can do, and still complete the game. Like it is, it is remarkable. And some people are like, yeah. oh, it's turn-based. I hate it. How can it win? I'm like, y'all are just silly. Y'all are just silly people. Yeah. And I have a feeling those people who complain about the turn-based stuff then when a new Final Fantasy comes out, it's where's the turn-based? Or probably not them, but... Yeah. Cause they're, cause but that's also, that is also an argument of, like, old-school fans yeah. versus new-school fans. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But just, I, I I bring this up because it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Seeing these gamers be so upset that Spider-Man didn't win Game of the Year. And seeing other people just, like, give, like, these people, like, the, huh? Yeah, it's like, um, oh god, it's there's like this great meme where, oh, it's like that, uh, the one meme where it's like the WT, or that it's that one gentleman where he smiles and you see a bunch of question marks around his head. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's like, huh? Also, uh, yeah, also, uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who is a great voice actor, was nominated for Peter Parker as like best voice of voice male voice actor of the year, and he lost to a Baldur's Gate three character, uh, uh, who, in my opinion. Again, there's like seven uh, like uh, party members that you can uh, that you can uh, join in Baldur's Gate Three. Every single one of them is good enough and has enough like content in the game to be the star of their own game. And if any and like Asterian is such an incredible character. He is a he's a very sassy vampire who has had <laughs> hundreds <laughs> hundreds of years of trauma being a subject of of like whether it's uh, a, like regular assault, sexual assault, being the the underling of a vampire. And it is a very real character and a very real performance. You don't get to see in a lot of video games because of how like how like real it gets. And like that's what I love about Baldur's Gate Three. Like it's not just like oh we're playing D and D. It's like these are all characters with like real past. And because it's a very M rated game, they don't shy away from like the scary stuff that human beings experience. And like Spider Man too, he's great, but have you ever seen a Spider-Man product where like Peter Parker becomes angry because of the symbiote suit? Guess what? I've seen that a thousand times. It's great, but it's not anything unique. Baldur's Gate 3 is nothing but unique. So like people are like, how can Yuri lose? And I'm like, y'all, there's like seven characters better than Peter Parker this year. And they're all in one game. Uh, not to mention mm-hmm. Alan Wake or Final Fantasy. Ben Starr is, is incredible mm-hmm. as, as Clive. So like, it's just, it is, it is like a certain subject, subsection of people who are like, I play three types of games a year. And any other game doesn't count as a video game. And I'm like, y'all need to grow up. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention that because it just, it it brings me this weird part of schadenfreude joy. Yeah, yeah, To see some gamers just get go off and they try to justify their argument about, about Spider-Man being better than Baldur's Gate. And it's like, dude, 
look, I love action games, yeah. obviously. I also love RPGs. Mm-hmm. You have to be, to to me, loving video games or loving certain genres. Like, if there's a genre of video game that's your absolute favorite, go hog wild. That is your genre of video game. That is 100% valid and 100% fine. Yeah. But ignoring other genres and saying that, oh, that's not a video game, this is a video game, is just asinine and it's yeah. dumb. And and I've talked I've talked to you about this Ben before. Like I, you know, I love RPGs, but like the heyday of me playing old school RPGs that are turn based is kind of behind me because like I only have enough time. I only have so much time left in my life. I'm not trying to play a hundred hours of you attack, then I attack, then you attack, right? That's all Baldur's Gate 3 is. That game is so good. It brought me out of the, like, I'm kind of done with this genre. Again, not that it's bad. It's just not for me anymore. And I played 120 hours of a turn-based hardcore RPG because it's that good. It is that good. It made me a believer again. While I absolutely love and adore Final Fantasy 16, Mm -hmm. and I love the action, I love the fast-pacedness of it all. anime, You know, (laughs) the the grand anime of it, of the grand anime style. Yeah. When I go after play after when I when I finished Final Fantasy 16, I went immediately back to Sea of Stars, which mm-hmm. is a turn-based RPG. Yeah, yeah. And I'm loving it because it's like, okay, let me think, let me strategize, let me plan, let me figure out how, you know, let me get back in the groove of combat. It's like, oh, that's right, I can do this, and it helps me out with uh, these certain type of enemies. All right, let's do this. You know, you go from like fast paced to more to slow it down. The enjoyment is still there. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and uh, and I I I didn't beat Final Fantasy sixteen, but I really like that combat system. It makes me think mm-hmm. of how excited I am for another game we'll briefly talk about that's coming out later in a couple of months. But the Final Fantasy seven uh, uh, remake combat it is it is fast paced. Also, you can you can stop time and do tactical stuff too. It gives you mm-hmm. both. It gives you both options. And like, I'm not gonna say every game needs that, but like, I love that. Like, if I'm in the middle of a battle and I'm like, I I have no idea what's going on. I'm losing. I can pause time and I can have all my characters select what they need to, then re-enter combat i love that i love that uh so like Mm -hmm. every again like just because you don't like a genre doesn't mean it's bad it's just not for you like that's totally fine yeah yeah 100 and even some of the most popular games i won't knock them i'll just say like look personally it's not my favorite case in point skyrim yeah i've played skyrim i played about say 10 15 hours of skyrim i can comfortably say it's like i don't like skyrim yeah now is that me saying that skyrim is a bad game hell no is that me saying that Bethesda is a bad game maker? No. I'm just saying that the way that the game does it yeah. and how other people are trying to say how I could, I have to enjoy Skyrim. It's like, look, you guys have, you guys are more than fine to enjoy Skyrim. I played it. I just feel that Skyrim just gives like, to me, it's just like way too much all at once. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard for me to pick and choose. And that's what I love about it because I like being yeah. in, I like going into a world and like the world is my oyster. Do what you want whenever you want. Uh, and again, that's just again that's just preference and what you like in your games. Yeah, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There are other games I feel that that do it in a style that makes me able to tackle it easier, such as Tears of the Kingdom. Whereas it's like, hey, here's something like Skyrim, but it's a little more scaled down. There's you, every town doesn't have a million and a half side quests. You yes, know, all this other stuff. Yeah, that yeah. You can say, I'm gonna do the side quest, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh shit, what was I doing again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you forget what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying once again, Skyrim's not bad. It's just that after playing it, I realized I don't enjoy that style of gameplay. Yeah. Am I willing to give it another chance sometime somewhere down the line? Of course I am. I'm not saying that I'm never gonna play a touch Skyrim again. And also, I have to admit, the soundtrack is 
banging. True. I mean, every time I hear the um, the Dragonborn song, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I was literally what? playing Skyrim in VR two days ago. Because <laughs> VR combat makes everything better, baby. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's just, for me, it's just not my style, or at least yeah. I haven't cracked it yet. Yeah. So I want to, I'm willing to give it another chance. Like, I've done it before. At first, I thought I was going to hate games like Final Fantasy, and then I gave Final Fantasy a chance, and I learned about it a little bit more. I was like, okay, yeah, I understand the appeal, and now I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Absolutely, yeah. That's the thing, y'all. Just say, uh, just don't knock it till you try it, and if you try it and it doesn't work yeah. for you, that's fine. Just like movies, mm-hmm. music, music, television, like, not everything has to be for you, and that's that's okay. Yeah, 100%. So just, you know, let people enjoy things. Yeah. Yeah. Sp- also, Spider-Man, like sold millions and millions of copies it's the most popular yeah. character in the history of like fi- like fiction yeah. he doesn't need your help he doesn't need to win a game award <laughs> he's fine he will no, be fine it's the fact that we got a good spider-man game is celebration enough absolutely i mean yes i mean having it being game with the getting a game of the year recognition is all you know it's nice it's validating yeah but at the same time it's just a video game it's not saying like oh i can't enjoy my video game now because it's not the wreck regarded as the best it's like dude Super Mario Wonder is one of the best platformers I've played in years. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know if that won any awards. Didn't win a goddamn thing. Yeah. And it's still a fantastic title yeah. that I would highly recommend to anyone who enjoys side scrolling platformers yeah. because it's just so damn cute. Another another character, Mario, doesn't need help. Exactly. <laughs> he's 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 been fine for f- almost forty years at this point, right? He's fine. It's yeah. good. We'll talk about that later, because that's a game that's a game we played we also played. That so is that. a game. That is a game. So, right, let's do jump back to you because I have one more new story that I want to talk. I got about. one. Back to you, I got one more, and we'll just make it quick because we're 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 uh yeah we're not here to mourn it, but we're here to celebrate it. E three is dead, Ben. E three died. Oh, I was gonna talk about E three. Yeah. Well, don't worry, I'm here yeah. to talk about it. Um, I I love I love announcements, whether it's a new movie trailer or like a new video game trailer. Like I just love being excited about something new. And E three for the longest time was the only way. It, it is like it is the Super Bowl of video games. It is a week where all the, all the companies get together and they have giant press conferences. Hey, here's what's coming out in the next one to two years, and it's exciting. And I would always watch it live. Like like G four was really instrumental oh, in live streaming bro. it. They were the only place doing it at the time, but now you know in the modern era, e- anyone can do it. I would. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The X play coverage of E three and the Tokyo Game Show. Yep, yep, yep. Those were events for my brother and I. Oh yeah. Whenever E three was the one, like we'd be watching X play, and they're like, "Hey, E three is right around the corner. We're gonna be there. We're gonna have these episodes. We're gonna have coverage on these days at these times." I would be watching Adam and Morgan just talking about games for E that are coming out because of E three, and I, my brother and I, would be excited. I remember them talking about the PSP, the DS, and my brother trying to figure out who would ask for what system and we would just share it between the two. Hell yeah. It was, it was an event. It was even when certain games got announced, like the whole programming schedule, like when Halo two finally came out, Oh, was like Halo two day is this. Oh my or, God. San Andreas. This is GTA day. And they're just constantly covering and talking about the game. Cause it was an event. Oh yeah. And E3 was an event. And now that it's gone, I'm bummed. But I do agree, E3 needed to change, and they refused to, hence why we don't need it anymore. And here's the thing, like, I loved E3, but, like, I'm not going to miss it, because now I get an E3, like, every couple months. Because yeah. all the Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they realized we don't need to wait until July to announce our games. We could just do it ourselves. 
Like, we don't need, like, Raw, again, GTA 6, we're like, hey, we're just going to release the trailer whenever we want, and now it's the highest viewed trailer, like, of, of, of video game history. They didn't well, need E3 they, for that. It got leaked, Not I know. only that, but also, it got leaked, but yeah. also Rockstar was just like, they're like, ugh. Because apparently the, it got leaked because one of the developer's kids leaked, found it and leaked it. Yo, they, that kid sure. is, like, in a bunker somewhere he's never going to see light ever again. <laughs> That kid, I uh, can only assume that parent would just grounded that. It's like you are truly grounded until you're 25. Oh you're my not God. seeing the light. Of, take your phone, take your tablet, take everything. You're not speaking to the outside world, partially yeah. because I'm mad, but also for your safety. Yeah, uh, people are nuts. Yeah, that that franchise is so big. Doing something like that, like if that kid were any older, he would straight up just be in jail like for a long time. Because uh, uh, they got lawyers, uh, uh, Rockstar's got lawyers like crazy. But yeah, E3's gone, and uh, again, like we got Nintendo Directs, we got State of Plays, we have Xbox like uh, 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 developers conferences. Uh, we have the Game Awards, which is like which is probably the biggest thing. There's a summer, there's like summer Game Fest, there's Tokyo mm -hmm. Game Show, there's the Dice Awards. Like every at least like almost every month, there's something new. And there's I'm like, that's, packs, there's packs. There's yeah. Mag, there's, yeah. there's Magfest. Yeah. There's all these other. Um, there's all these other events and conventions throughout the year where and also the thing about e3 because for the longest time e3 was essentially developer and press only yep while we would watch on like we would watch on g4 or later on we would watch online all these grand press conferences all these grand things and then like these people would show off the swag it's like how come we can't go because yep. i feel like e3 because they did try to, to allow the general public you know buy tickets come in and they try to turn it into a convention and I felt that that should have been not how E3 started, but at least evolved into sooner. Yep. Because if the E3 turned into a convention, kind of like San Diego Comic-Con, I feel that we would still have E3, but maybe just, you know, it would be a little bit different. You will still have the big releases. You will still have some game developers, like, show off. You know, one of the coolest things about E3 was having demo tables. Yeah, yeah. Say, hey, come play our game. Stand in line for X amount of minutes, and you get to try an early build or a certain level. Like they do a San Diego. Now or that's that's at every now that's at every con I've ever been to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I played I played Spider Man like a couple months before it came out because Sony had a, 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 a had a had like a demo set up. Uh, God, this was five years ago at this point. It's been a long time. Jeez, Louise. Uh, but like at yeah. one of the Comic Cons we went to, whether it was WonderCon or LA Comic Con, but like it, I could just play Spider Man early because like we don't need to go to just E three anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. which is which is great. Or, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like San Diego Comic Con, Capcom was there, and they had a booth, and they had demos of Mega Man Eleven, and I played Mega Man Eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, and like also like the it definitely was like the coronavirus and the pandemic definitely is what killed E three. But like I yeah. feel like E three was in its death nails anyway because like again mm -hmm. every other month we have a cool conference that like we don't need to wait until one week of the year to do all this like uh, uh we used to for some reason but now now the digital age it's so it's so much easier and everyone has so much more access to this stuff it's like we don't we don't need to be beholden to the electronic entertainment uh emporium of america expo expo whatever yeah, the, the yeah. electronic entertainment expo i mean i will say in the early 90s e3 was important I mean, up because, until, like, I would say, five, like, five years ago, it was important. Yeah. But, like, you know. Because originally, because looking at video game history, reading books and watching documentaries, of back before E3 was a thing, it was at the Consumer Electronics Show, both in Vegas and in Chicago, where Nintendo, Sega, uh, eventually, well, PlayStation didn't show their stuff until C2, the very C2 first E3. C2E2. C2E2. Yeah. Yeah, because they would do, they 
all these companies, Nintendo and Sega mostly, are Atari and Coleco, Mattel, they would show off their consoles at the at CES, mm-hmm. which CES wasn't just about video games. It was spanning everywhere, yeah. all consumer electronics. So th- when they finally, when the video game companies finally figured, why don't we have a show for ourselves? Because in the early 90s, or in the mid-90s at least, they realized that, hey, the video game business is finally growing. We've recovered from the crash of 83, and now people are paying attention more to soul video games. Mm-hmm. Let's have our own show. Yeah. And there you go. And it worked out. And in the early days, it definitely was a place for video games to be video games. Like, I will never forget um, watching an E3. I want to say it was E3 2005. And we were getting more confirmation about the Nintendo Revolution, which would, of course, be called the Nintendo Wii. But seeing this new Nintendo console or seeing what it can do, it's like, what is this? What's going on? Or the infamous Boomerang PlayStation 3 controller. You um, remember that? Yeah. That infamous image from E3 when they first announced the PS3? Yeah, the, uh, E3 also, like, <laughs> E3 had a lot of, like, really cringe moments, too, which are always fun to go back to. Um, giant crab! Giant enemy crab. <laughs> oh, God, that's the best. Like, yeah, this is a realistic, you know, old-school uh, history history game. Now watch us fight a giant enemy crab. Lo- love it. Great yeah. stuff like that. It's fantastic. Uh or of course the the meat the greatest meme of uh, that has ever that turned Reggie Fizeme into the meme machine that he is um going on the balance boards like my body is ready my body is ready just embracing it Nintendo races it. Nintendo had a lot of really, really silly conferences. Uh, do you remember when they were showing off like um, Wii Music and there's the the drummer oh. guy? Oh boy, howdy! Just playing. Oh, oh god. Yeah, listen, that's Wii Music. There's great oh. compli. Oh, Wii Music also one of the highest selling games of all time. Uh, because it was packaged <laughs> with the Wii and that counts as game sales. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. I mean, Wii Sports is the highest-selling Wii game. That's the one. That's packed. that's the yeah. one. Just kidding. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was packed because we because well, we music was critically panned. Oh no yeah, but it still it. sold like crazy though. It sold a lot because it was a Wii game and people liked the Wii games. Yeah. Like you know, Wii Sports Resort. Um, uh, the the Wii Fitness Balance Board was a big thing. Like we bought that for my mom. Ring Fit. And she never played it. Ring Fit. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't played. Fanny and I bought ReFit. We were into ReFit for a while. She technically beat the game. I just never. Played. Yo, that's an actual workout device. Like that's an actual good. No, product. no, it is. Yeah. It, I hey the 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 Ring the ReFit Adventure is really good. I should probably get back into it because I'm. Although actually no, my gym membership is not super expensive, so I'm I'm able <laughs> to go. And also, it gets me out of the house. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, uh, we didn't need to talk about it long, but like you know, E3 E3 is gone, but like its memory uh-huh. is always in our hearts. Because uh, again, yeah. like we we don't need to wait for one week of the year. Let's just let's just eat. No. We we can eat cake all all the time. Why wait one week? Yep. Yeah. Real quick, what is your favorite moment for me three? Do you uh, have one? Hmm. Well, this one that's kind of comes to mind. Um. Anytime Metal Gear Solid, uh, a thing has got announced because uh, Metal Gear Solid Two is like the most maybe the most hyped moment of all of E three because the first game which came out ninety nine uh, broke boundaries one of like like the first like true cinematic like storytelling games for the PlayStation with full voice acting uh, not that other games didn't have it but like you know this is like a movie and then MGS two is like the most was the most hyped game of all time and like I wasn't there for it and I couldn't see it because again in like two thousand and two none of this was televised or anything but seeing the hype that the people at that stadium uh the hype behind like the demo discs for it and and then once i became 
became a fan uh and like mgs4 and mgs5 mgs5 uh, one of my favorite games. Like, the hype behind that game was so unreal. And it was the last time that uh, Kojima worked with Konami. So that whole spiral of uh, their downfall was was really interesting. But, like, anytime Metal Gear Solid... I don't remember if when God of War was announced, if that was if that was at the Game Awards or that was E3. Are we talking 2016 God of War? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the reboot with, with Norse Kratos. That was E3. Okay, yeah. I was actually gonna talk, I was going to talk about that because that was actually the first episode of Fake Nerd Podcast that Brandon and I did together. That's right. We were, we I were sent notes. About... I sent notes on it to, to, to you Brandon. You did, you did. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it was 2016. It was uh, 2016's God of War, yep. the announcement for 2016 God of War. Yeah. Or 2018 God of War because, you know, it came out, it was announced two years in advance. Yeah, yeah. I will never, like, just hearing the choir and then oh, seeing the trailer. Oh, yeah. I had that song on my phone as in my soundtrack because it's just so damn good. But then when the, we see Kratos, like old, disheveled Kratos with a beard, yeah, yeah, and it's just like, I, I, that's a, that's a great moment. But even going for me, it's one of my favorite moments is just going back into the vault. It's just the time I spent with my brother, yeah, and us watching E three, taking notes, like when they would reveal trailers for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And we would see new footage of that as a as a trailer for the movie that I, I it's got problems, but I love it. I love it so much. They got like a like, like a remaster of that movie out or something coming out of don't they or something? Isn't there like a, I don't know. Don't you keep talking? I know. I, mean, I know they're doing I know something. Crisis Core. I know the PSP game Crisis Core got a remaster and it got re released for PS5 and modern consoles. But yeah, seeing stuff for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children was amazing. Seeing just like constantly watching E3, just just like frothing at the mouth for any news on kingdom hearts three. Oh god yes yeah. yeah or not even kingdom hearts 3 kingdom hearts 2 like when they finally started showing stuff for kingdom hearts 2 i was like give it to me and uh, for me i think one of the most memorable parts was when they was when people on the floor were looking at the psp and the nintendo ds for me that sticks out in my mind because that was like here here are these two brand new handheld consoles the psp when it was first announced looked i mean it still does look amazing to this day oh yeah but when it first came out it was one of those mind blowing like oh my god i could play playstation games on the go and then we looked at the ds we're like i don't know but two screens what can you do with tools to with two screens that's just so weird and now the ds just like overtook the playstation the psp in sales yeah yeah not to say the psp is a bad system far from do you it. remember the, the just... do you remember the nut commercial Oh yes, of <laughs> it's like a nut you can play with outside. <laughs> what were they thinking? Uh, I got some oh, clarification. Yeah. What I what oh, I uh, what I thought. It, they're not like it's so they are re-releasing Advent Children in theaters January nineteenth oh. to the first of twenty twenty four to promote the launch of Rebirth coming out. And I think there's like extra stuff in it as like a like hey thanks for coming to the theater here's some behind the scenes stuff but like I don't know if that's everywhere or like a fathom event but it might be a fathom event because I haven't heard anything about it yeah yeah but you know what I wouldn't mind going to I mean although if I had to pick between Godzilla minus one minus color and FF seven Advent Children I'd probably pick minus one oh absolutely oh my god yeah what a movie <laughs> I mean I don't need excuse to see minus one again but now it's like hmm, yeah black and white you say it is just interesting. That, like, Advent Children stuff is coming so f into whatever, like, into, like, the new Final Fantasy VII stuff. Because, like, yo, they're putting that movie out again to get you hyped for a Rebirth. And I'm like, that's pretty sick. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, hey, once again, that movie has some has some problems with it. But you know what? The action is not part of it. The action's I know. sick. I'm going to keep hey. throwing you up to fight a big monster. Hey, 
the what uh fighting Neo Bahamut was or that like evil Bahamut was just it, that's one of my most hype scenes in anime history or even like when Sephiroth shows up and you hear the opening notes to One Winged Angel you get I still get chills oh, yeah. just thinking about it. Well, maybe we'll talk about Bahamut a little bit later with the game you played. Maybe he's, maybe, he's... maybe we will maybe we will. But yeah. Uh, my last uh, news story. Once again, we'll go real quick because we do. We are coming up on us sometime, or at least we're approaching it quick. We're approaching it sooner. Yeah. Is Microsoft's ban on third-party controllers on the Xbox excludes some disabled gamers from yeah. using the device? Yeah. And this sucks. Now, once again, I, um, have, video games are for all, and. I remember some time ago, Microsoft was being praised as to how well that they are letting um, gamers with certain disabilities, they're making adaptive controllers for them so they can enjoy the games like everyone else can. Because unfortunately, there are people who aren't able to, who don't have their, their motor functions aren't as, I don't want to say developed, but they have um, limited motor functions. Yeah. Some of them are paralyzed below the neck, from the neck down, and it's really hard and difficult for they them. They can't use their hands fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't use their hands fully, or there's just like, or they have certain muscles, you know. Being, having disabilities suck, sucks. And I am blessed that, and that I don't have any physical disabilities like that, but, but seeing video games and video game controllers that are made for people with disabilities so they can enjoy games like everyone else. I'm like, 100%, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And at first, when I heard when I heard about this headline, my thought process was, part of is like, maybe they're trying to get rid of the really crappy third-party ones because there are bad third-party controllers. Oh, sure. Mad Cats, anyone? Oh, man, I was I grew up poor. I had those, like, shitty Mad Cats controllers all day, every day, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, even to, in today's day and age, I would see, like, Rock Candy controllers at, like, GameStop or the third... I, I have a third-party crappy PS2 controller that sucks. <laughs> it is not a good controller, but you know what? It does the job. And at first, I think, okay, maybe Microsoft wants to do quality control because I'm not saying that they're... I could I can only imagine that there are certain third-party controllers that are advertised as this is for for X for people with this disability or yeah. who don't have this, and it turns out the controller is absolutely garbage and it doesn't work well. Or because mm -hmm. at, at first it's like maybe this is Xbox trying to weed out these bad controllers so it they can be like hey this is the one where we could use. But at the same time, even looking at the current accessibility controller that they do have, what if a person can't use that controller; they have to use a different one. Well, well, this is not again. This is a problem to you. This is not me defending this this thing because having access to more stuff is always a good thing. But like the yeah. the Microsoft accessibility controller is incredible, and it is it is so customizable. Uh, it's like this like it's like the circular thing, and you can put every type of button you want where you want. Control the sensitivity, how hard it is to press a button. So like, it's a double edged sword of like. It is incredibly cool that they have their own accessibility controller, but they want you to buy their controller, so they're limiting yeah. the other ones, and that's real. That is shitty. Uh, it's not like they there's no way to play yeah. an Xbox game without an accessibility controller. They just want you to spend the money on their own product, and that yes. that, that does that part does suck. Yeah, and I have um a uh, article from the website The Conversation up right now. Um, and it's highlighted that because October on Halloween, Xbox players began receiving an error code on their consoles that they were using an unauthorized third-party controller. Yeah. And little uh, th and one paragraph down, it says this. Um, this is me quoting the conversation right now. 
Essentially, Microsoft had quietly banned the use of controllers not made or approved by the company. In the following weeks, Microsoft officially stated the ban was meant to protect players' gaming experiences and ensure the quality and safety of players' controllers. Mm. And one more, and the next sentence afterwards says, The ban, however, presents barriers to many disabled gamers who may use third-party controllers for accessibility reasons. Yeah, and these, and like... Quality wise or not, but like a lot of these controllers are cheaper. They're like, man, to buy a new controller for PlayStation or Xbox or even Nintendo, like you're spending like sixty, seventy dollars. That's a lot. Or oh, even more than that. And and, and for regular I mean, controllers, the accessibility ones yeah. are like double the price. So like you want to get, you want to go to a cheaper alternative, which again is completely reasonable. You know, I buy off-brand mm -hmm. shit all the time. Uh, but like to limit people from playing your thing because they want you want them to buy the more expensive version. That's just that's just kind of mean. That sucks. It. It does suck, and it is mean, and it's it's a huge bummer because I could see why Microsoft is doing it, but at the same time, it's like, but you, but even looking at the accessibility controller and seeing how great that controller is, especially for gamers who, I could still look at it and go, but that doesn't really, but does that cover all disabilities? Yeah, and I'm not and. Sorry, I'm now. I don't know if I'm regretting like bringing this topic up because I am not. Obviously, I'm not a disabled gamer. I don't have disabilities, and I yeah, don't yeah. want to say I speak for people who do because I have not met or talked to people who yeah, have yeah. this. And if you're watching this and you do have and you have experienced this field, please let us know. Like or like talk about your experience. I would love to know and find out. But even looking at the Xbox con the accessibility controller itself, once again, great device. But I still feel that it doesn't cover everyone. Yeah, yeah. And a third and a different third party company that specializes in a certain form of disability, like maybe one's disabilities that are controlled. That's like, hey, here's a controller for people who are paralyzed from the neck down. They can only move their head. They can't use their hands. I don't see a controller like that from Xbox. And though, and all of a sudden, if like if you want to play a game like that or play a game with that controller, you can't because Xbox doesn't make it that, doesn't make one like that. And now you're banned from using your third party one, and it sucks. It's I just looked it up. The accessibility controller is a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money for a controller. That is. That's yeah. a lot of money for controller. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. So I mean, like you said, Ryan, it is a double edged sword. But also, I feel that in protecting their in protecting trying to protect their you know, in trying to protect some of their IP or protect their I don't know maybe their image or something. You're also limiting to what play people can play. No, absolutely. Uh, and then, and especially, like I understand, like I get it as a business. You're like, hey, we want you to buy our branded stuff. I get that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to, and something the video game industry as a whole has been getting better at is accessibility, like options and games. Where you know, like if you're if you're partially blind, there are color options. There are like yeah. there's audio options. That like it is incredible that you can play like you could play a game. Like if you're blind, you can you can play games now because it will give you aud auditory, audible. Like you are moving, you are moving, an enemy's coming. Like they give you every power, like every type of almost every accessibility option to let you try to play a game. But the fact that they won't let you like use a controller is that that's really baffling. And it's just I think yeah. I, I'm like I'm not gonna say like uh, it was like one person's decision, but like it feels like like a bit like the head of a company, like a businessman, like, yay, we need to see more money in our controllers. We need to take away the support from the other controllers. Like that doesn't seem like something that like, I think developers would want, you know, they want as many people playing games as possible. So like, this just feels like a really shitty business decision that like, I'm sure some people are unhappy with, but they can't do anything about cause you know how businesses work. It, it totally, it does to me, it sucks. Yeah. Um, and thankfully news from like Microsoft, or not Microsoft, excuse me, Sony and Nintendo 
because I would, I 100% do what, when I buy a controller, I will buy the branded controller because I know it works. Absolutely. Me too. The only time, I mean, I will, I will do extensive research. If I were to buy a third party controller, I would buy it from like 8-Bit Doe or Retrobit, you know, someone that is vetted and a place that, where I know their shit works. Yeah. And thankfully, uh, like modern controllers, like I, like I don't play my Switch as much, but like I still have my base, like PlayStation 5 controller for, for like five six years five years now at this point like and like it like the battery's not the best but like hey the controller still works so like that's all i can ask for and if you buy a yeah. mad cats controller like no offense but like they are they are cheaper and they will wear faster mm -hmm. or like because i i bought a controller for my fiance so both of us could play and ever since they gave jim ryan this the former ceo of sony interactive or of sony computer Entertainment good riddance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever since they got when he gave when Sony or when PlayStation announced like, hey, here's his uh, retirement gift, and it was a PS One colored PS Five. Oh like, yeah, I see that controller. I'm like, for the love of God, Sony, do it. Yeah, give it to me. Looks this look year, beautiful. Four is the thirtieth year of PlayStation. Give me that PS. Give me that PS One colored PS Five controller. Yeah. Take my money. I want it. I I can only hope that that was like a like a tease of like, eh, look what might be coming. Oh, I hope so. I really hope when Sony released that, they're like, let's see the waters. And and, and even myself online, people were talking about how they wanted that. Yep. And like, I'm one of them. I want that controller. Because yeah. at least we know Sony is decent. Uh, they're decent at like, yes, this will be a limited edition, but it won't be like hardcore limited edition. They'll yeah. still make sure they'll have a print run and they'll be like, okay, people do want this. We'll make sure people who want it can get it. And yeah. then once sales start to dip, they're like, all right, well, We'll stop it. And as far as I'm concerned, like as somebody who plays like all the games, like all the consoles, I think the PlayStation Five controller is the best controller on the market because the haptic feedback, like the like, it's just like playing, like playing on Xbox Game Pass on PC and using my Xbox controller compared to my PlayStation controller, it's night and day because it's like, oh, this controller has some rumble support. Well, the PlayStation, like, yo, it can like make you feel like you're cl climbing rocks and sliding down yeah. a rope, and like the triggers are like are like a uh, manageable. I'm like, oh man, this. Th I don't mind spending an extra ex the extra bucks for a PlayStation controller because they're they they're long lasting and they're technologically awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will say the most comfortable one to hold is my Nintendo Pro controller. Oh yeah, that's not a good to say one. that the PS, not to say the PS5 one isn't comfortable. It totally is. Yeah, and I do agree. The if I had to choose like the best like base controller on the market, I would say PS5. Mm -hmm. Even though I held an Xbox um, Series X controller, it is comfortable, very comfortable actually. But every time I hold my Nintendo Pro controller, I'm like, this just feels right. It does feel right. You're and right. And even when I hold my PS5 controller, I'm like, it feels good. But you're right. That extra haptic stuff, it just makes me go, ooh. It's, it's just like that little extra, like, oh, my moment. It's amazing. It's fantastic. But you no, know, it's not fantastic as Microsoft taking away accessibility options. That's no. a no-go. It's a poo-poo. No. That's a poo-poo. Nope. Uh, it's like, what are you doing, Microsoft? Come on, guys. Because at least my whole tangent on that is at least microsoft and sony they are not having any bans on third-party accessibility controllers even though i know sony released a accessibility controller of their own mm -hmm. i once again i think it looks great i know people are going to get great use out of that but at least they're not banning third-party controllers from being used because once again while that controller may help a lot of people it probably won't help all people yeah, yeah. and there are some controllers out there that help with certain disabilities and those who make those controllers keep going video games are for everyone and when i say everyone i mean everyone yeah and uh the the accessibility controller is 89 dollars, so it's, it's so it's 10 bucks cheaper than the xbox one uh it's still oh, a little man. it's still a little pricey but like it, it's yeah, yeah. you know 
it, it, when you're buying it from these big companies, you know that at least they're going to be they're going to work and they're they're well made. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, any more? Yeah. You want to talk about that, or you want to move on to some video games? Let's move on to some video games that we played in the past quarter. Let's let's go let's go to the arcade. Let's go to the arcade. Why don't we? Welcome, welcome, Ben. There's a game yeah. that I played when it came out, and I, I unfortunately didn't finish. I will get back to it eventually, but like I can only take so many hundred hour RPGs at a time. Uh, but Ben, I finished what... it. I finished it. Ben, the, the credits rolled. The, I beat it recently. The game, God you... Almighty. Oh my God. The game you finished was Final Fantasy 16. Tell me about it. Oh, this. This game was amazing. Now, to me, the best part of Final Fantasy XVI is its story, and I feel that the develop like the the makers of this game, business, uh, Creative Business Unit Three, I'm pretty sure it's Creative Business or it's Business Unit Three. Yeah, yeah. You know the main team behind Final Fantasy XVI. Also, real and quick, also, spoilers, uh, they spoilers make spoilers for Final Fantasy XVI. Oh yeah, spoilers for Final Fantasy XVI. Yeah, uh, this is the company that that uh, makes Final Fantasy XIV the the long running MMO. Uh, and mm-hmm. they were given, they were given, yo, you guys are doing such a good job because apparently, again, I haven't played, I played like a couple hours of it went like years ago, but the story of the MMO FF14 apparently is incredible and, oh, and, yeah. and Square loved it so much. Like, yo, we want you to make the next mainline game. And, and I also, as much as I played about half of it and the, and the main core story is exceptional. Oh no, the main story, cause the whole drama behind the original Final Fantasy XIV of how bad it was. Like, the game itself was bad. Story was bad. Gameplay was bad. Loading screens were just god-awful. And it got rebooted. And then when we got, and then when we got a Realm Re- Like, the developers themselves publicly apologized yep. to a group of people on how bad the game was. Oh, yeah. And then we get a Realm Reborn, and now Final Fantasy XIV is one of the best MMOs out there. I would say even rivaling rivaling games like World of Warcraft and Diablo. Oh, it surpassed. Actually, you know, it's... Not- Diablo's not an MMO, but no. it's definitely like it's like it's kicking uh, World of Warcraft in the teeth right yeah, now. Yeah, World of Warcraft has been around f- fifty, what almost almost twenty years at this point, which is unbelievable <laughs> because I play that game around launch time and it makes me sick to think how old I'm getting. But uh, yeah, FF14 keeps getting better. It it like mm-hmm. in the options and like World of Warcraft is a great game, right? But like people have kind of like they've kind of soured on it because like. It is a very, very specific type of MMO, and FF14 just like blows it out of the water with the amount of stuff uh, yeah, you can we do. We did talk about, and we didn't talk about the any of the stuff that active. Oh no, that was this year when active when uh, Bobby Kotick silently. Oh no, was it last year, like in late December when the ActiBlizz deal with Microsoft went through? That was last year. Now nah, well, screw it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Final Fantasy 16. Yes, because yeah, the team went. In, the team from 14 went on to 16, and it's no secret that one of the biggest. I would say critical complaints or crit- criticisms. That's the word I'm looking for. The criticism from 15 was the story wasn't the best. And I agree. Now, not to say the character moments weren't great because the where 15 shine, where 15 truly shone bright was the character moments, the character interactions. Yeah. Because apparently in Japanese culture, there isn't really a, um, a brotherhood like the people like the guys in Final Fantasy 15 and it's kind of pushing the norms like this is what a true brotherhood is you have Noctis, Ignis, Gladius and Prompto I I I like those guys a lot yeah they are a true like um they are a party and they are a um a built brotherhood I love getting ramen sponsored ramen noodles with those guys (laughs) that was that was another thing the sponsorships (laughs) the product placement it's yeah I know there was a but 
the combat in 15 i enjoyed the exploration in 15 i really enjoyed i did too but the main problem was of course the the story wasn't the best yeah the i feel like 16 hardcore course corrected on the story 100 percent. and while i love the gameplay and the action of 16 i'm kind of bummed they took away some of the more exploratory features yeah. of final fantasy 15 and mostly um it's a very linear it's a very story driven game which is fine yeah i love the story there's side quests abound too you aren't there there's so many different side quests you could do and some of the side quests the stories in those side quests are very eye-opening and going oh damn they went there oh yeah is it big is a big like they they put their all their all into the story of the game and every even side character stories i care i give a shit about i want to see these stories to their end i want to see these people to you know live and live their lives and how their story ends but man do i miss exploring and going and finding secret dungeons finding secret bosses yeah. going in getting some great loot there's not a lot of treasure hunting. There's not a lot of explore. I mean, there is exploring. There's. It's a decent. It's a semi-open world essentially. Uh, kind. Uh, you're you're kind of going. There's like a bunch of zones that you've you were turned yeah, back. Zones, yeah, zones. yeah. That's I, that's a better way to put it. There's zones you can freely explore, but they're still very limited. It's not like Final Fantasy 15, where like open world is literally open. I loved. So what it, yeah, I, I go anywhere you want. Absolutely, like I agree, the story wasn't the best, but I really just love driving around with my homies and just discovering stuff. Yeah, and also going to secret dungeons. That's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite bit is going into like exploring a dungeon and exploring and fight. Like one of my favorite things about any Final Fantasy game or RPG in general is finding a secret dungeon or a side dungeon that you don't have to go into to expand story. But guess what? There's treasure in there. This is a great place to level grind or to fight enemies. There's a mini boss there that gives you a really cool piece of equipment, and you're gonna have to work for it. But once you get it, oh man, is it gonna be a game changer later on? Is it gonna be a game changer at this point in the game? Yeah, I uh, again, I haven't beaten this game, but like again, this is a long ass game. I played like 25 hours of it. Uh, uh, I I I really like the combat, but I I have mm-hmm. one I do have one problem with the combat. It's that like. None of the elemental uh, like features really matter. Yeah, that's like no, like I beat a fire boss with fire, and like it's about to st- like how different you you know you you beat a boss and you gain their their icon ability so you can change between you know, like like wind and fire and stuff like that. But like it's about staggering the opponent. It's not about the elemental stuff. So like I I st- I think the combat's really good, but after a while. It would, it just kind of felt like um like like but like button management where I'm like I'm just waiting for yeah. this three charge I'm just waiting for this three charge and it was still fun but like eventually I kind of not got tired of it but I was like all right I'm not really doing anything new here it always looks incredible like it always looks cool doing what you're doing but it kind of just felt like resource management management after yeah. after a bit and that kind of wore on me a little bit but the icon fights that's man that's like yo like oh. the best Godzilla simulator I've ever seen in my life like holy shit dude hundred percent. Fighting, uh, this is an early boss, but fighting Garuda, which is one of the big, the early, the first big icon fight you get into. Yeah. Oh man, Love was it. that hype? Yeah. That was. I mean, even the story about Benedicta and fighting her and st- and and just stealing her icon abilities and seeing her prime and turn into an icon and turn into the summoning of Garuda. And I will say. What I love about this game is how they do the summons differently. Yes. Whereas the summons aren't technically summons, but they're powers that are given to you. And I really like that feat. I like how 
each icon is a famous Final Fantasy summon, but they're also tied to a certain element. You know, Shiva, Ice, Phoenix, Ifrit, Fire, um, Garuda is Wind, Bahamut's Light, and Odin is Darkness. I really like how they took those elements and and put classic Final Fantasy spells attached to them. But I do agree, the spell typing advantage, it's not really there. Like, like you said, it's like, oh... I'm fighting a water enemy, but I use the spell, I charge the stone spell, it turns into stone up, but I can't go to Faraga or Blizzaga. Yeah. It's only to the first, le- it's only to the first powered level and that's it. Yeah. And like, again, it's not, it's not the worst thing ever. I still think the combat, like it's really fast. It's really dynamic. Uh, but like after I got like my fourth icon and I'm just like, all right, switching to this, using the ability, switching to the other one, using the ability, switching to the other one. Like there's no strategy really there. Uh, it's just a lot of really cool flashy shit, which again, like, it still looks cool. It's still fun to play, but like, I kind of, I kind of wanted a little more because again, this is a Final Fantasy game. I'm used to worrying about like elemental stuff, like any RPG, really. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but besides that, like, again, like, I the thing I come back to is like, and why I want to return to the game is like, the icon fights. Like, I, I've played a lot of games. We've all played like we played God of War. We played a lot of games with big boss fights, but like. Not only are the boss fights giant and engaging and dynamic, but also, like, again, the story is incredible. And these characters, it's not like, oh, you summon a monster that has no relation. Like, you are the monster. Uh, And, like, you are basically, like, the story about, like, people wielding magic and being used as slaves and slavery in the story. And, like, you are basically, when you're an icon, like, you are a walking nuclear bomb. And that makes you a Mm -hmm. nuclear deterrent in war. So, like, if another country has, like, an icon, you're like, I don't want to mess with those guys. They got a big stone monster, man. Like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. it's really inventive fantasy storytelling that's, like, really, the only game that comes close to it, really, is, like, the Witcher franchise. Which is, like, another really hardcore, mature look into fantasy and, like, what would that mean with different races interacting with each other? So, like, I really applaud yeah. this game for, like, you know, Final Fantasy, like, it's by no means, like, a, like a kid game, but, like, a lot of these games are, like, T for teen, or I think of Titus going, ah, ha, 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 and, like, this game's like, no, dude, we're dealing with some real shit. Now, this is, the final, this is the first mainline Final Fantasy title. I think this is the first Final Fantasy title ever to get an M rating. Ooh, and I, uh, Stranger, Origin of Paradise. But that's an off. Or, that's right. that's an offshoot, though. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't. Mainline. Technically... Yeah. Well, you're right. Because I. Because yeah. Strangers in Paradise did that. Did get an M rating, but um, this one was the first mainline Final Fantasy title. Because yeah. yeah, M rated games, they they are you know they live. It limits to the amount of people who can play them. Because of course you look at the back of the SRP, There's language, partial, you know, suggest uh, suggested themes and yada yada yada. But it's obvious that Game of Thrones was a big inspiration for the story of Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. And the story itself, this is, if I had, comparing it to Game of Thrones is right, but I want to make it clear that it's early Game of Thrones. Yeah. Meaning it's the great writing of early seasons of Game of Thrones. And because the writing in this game, I feel, is spectacular. Yeah. The character, um, you know, the character betrayals, the, like in the first hour you realize, or at least after you beat the tutorial or the tutorial area, you realize that and this is a, once again this is early in the game, so I'm gonna I don't mind spoiling this. Yeah. Your mom, your own mother betrays your kingdom. Yep. To an enemy. Yep. Because she wants to sleep with that guy. She's a Cersei. She's she's Cersei. Yes, she's Cersei. Yeah. She betrays her literal own flesh and blood, and it is nuts. The and political the game, you're just, yeah. The political intrigue yeah, the, is so good. Mm-hmm. You have two icons. You have Benedicta from the Kingdom of Elude 
sleeping with uh, Hugo Kuka, who's the icon of the Dalmekian Republic. And these are, like, tentative allies, but at the same time, it's like, oh, there's, like, love, betrayal. There's just so much, like, hype, magical moments. And, th yes, the story is top-notch. It truly is a fantastic story. And when care, because I won't, I won't say who, but there are characters along the way who die, yep. and it hurts. Yep. And it's sad, because you've gotten really accustomed. And there's characters who you feel like they're going to die, but they don't. And you're so glad that they don't, because it's like... Or I love this character. There are characters who you think are dead, and then they are, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah. so, I love it!" I was like, "Oh my god!" And then the, the, because each each arc in the story is like, I feel like Final Fantasy 16 is like a three season anime because yeah. there's like the opening arc, the middle arc, and then the ending arc is just like so many twists and turns, and it just goes from one beat to the next, and it just it's not like, and then this happens. It's like this happens, so this happens. It's yeah. fantastic storytelling. While there are elements of the gameplay that I wish were changed, like more exploratory, more finding dungeons, and you know traditional Final Fantasy stuff, the end product of sixteen is fantastic. Yeah, it is. So to me, I was not bored. I was having so much fun, and also I love that they brought back the monster hunts. Oh, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I love those monster hunts, and I was not prepared for fighting a certain dragon a level well i was level 40 that dragon was level 50 and i was like oh no it's super boss time it brought me back to when we used to play monster hunter and i was like nah, yep. this feels good love it yeah and, but i beat it i beat that i beat that uh i beat that monster it there's was, a it was so much fun dlc came out for that game didn't it it did yes there's two dlc planned for it because um there's a throwaway line where one of the characters is talking about another famous final fantasy summon that's omitted from the main game the summon being leviathan yeah and there is a DLC, because there's the first DLC, which is Echoes of the Fallen, that came out. And the second one is Lost to Time, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah. Or it's it's something. It does involve that, um, like the screenshots that I released for it. It's like, yeah, you get the Leviathan icon. Or you get the Leviathan summit. And there's stuff that involves Leviathan. I haven't played, I haven't bought the DLC, because I just finished the main game. And, you know, I gotta save money for other stuff. Same, yeah, yeah. But I would... When, I think when the DLC does, when both DLC come out, I will probably purchase it and play it. Because normally when DLC comes out for a game like this, I don't really go back to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts being the example, I want to play the Remind DLC, but at the same time, it's like, I got other games in my backlog that I want to play, and the, the cutscenes are on YouTube. I, just, I could just watch them there. And that thing, that thing should be on sale way more often. Also, I just wanted to rewind <laughs> back to this, because like this is one of the most jaw-dropping sequences early <laughs> in the game. Uh, where Odin is fighting. Is this who is this? Is this Bahamut? Who is this? I forgot. I forget. That's Bahamut. Yeah. Uh, and like these these giant pillars of light and all the soldiers. Like I'm like, this is incredible shit. So like I want to get back to it because again, like the the highs are like the highest of last year in video games in my opinion. But like for me, like the combat kind of got a little too repetitive at points, and some of the side quests didn't fully connect with me. So like I want to get back to mm -hmm. it because uh, it's just a dope ass game. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, there's a side or there's a main fight involving titan that is just like when i was playing it i was thinking of you the entire time because that was truly just jaw dropping like holy shit they put this in a video game so uh i just want to so i want to i i've seen some clips from it but i didn't want to get too spoiled but yeah like that looks super incredible uh i don't want to get uh, you to answer this too much because i'll eventually get to it but like 
we start to get a uh, an idea of who the actual villain is of the game, and I didn't totally love it. Do you, does it does it? It's uh, he's the ultimate villain, one would say. Um, mm -hmm. Do you do you think does it get any better, or is it kind of stay around the same like more development? Because I didn't totally connect with where that was going. Uh, and do you think it pays off in the end? When he, when the, that, when that villain first shows up, it's kind of like, huh? Yes. I, would, I mean, thankfully there are like, there are things in the game that you can access like the shelves and the other things that you can like read up about us, say like, see exactly what's going on. Yeah. I would say that it does get better. I okay. Would, I would say it does get better as in there are definitely moments where it's like, this does feel like a, uh, this is going back to the roots of Final Fantasy okay. where, you're fighting this supreme being who thinks they know what what um, they're, you know, who thinks they know what they're doing. And, okay, good, good, good. You know, I would I would definitely say the more you play and the more, because um, at first I was a little confused by his by the main villain's plan, but then yes. the more I read about it, I was like, okay, I think I see what I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, cool. That's all I want to know because I was initially like, excuse me, like I was really enjoying the core story, and then like, hey, now we're introducing this element like 20 hours in. I'm like why uh so i'm glad to hear that at least there's some there's some goodness to it all right ben we're gonna move on we're gonna go back and forth basically between games because it's just us two and this is a game yeah. uh that's that's old but as of today january 2023 it had a season 11 update and it's sea of thieves and this is a game that i have gotten so into my god ben this has kind of replaced fortnite for me in, in a little bit of ways um yo, for those of you yo. who have never played it sea of thieves is a live service pirate game, a multiplayer only pirate game where uh, when you log into the game, you are basically opting into PvP at all times. The point of the game is like you, you're a pirate, you level up to get better customization options, to get cooler skins, get cooler stuff for your, your uh, ships, better looking weaponry, all that stuff. It's a very cosmetic heavy game, kind of like a Fortnite. Um, but then like at any point, you can, get, you can get attacked by another player. So like it is a very risk and reward type of game uh and i've gotten really really heavy into it in the last like six months and today january 2023 there released a huge huge overhaul to how you play the game uh which makes me so excited because the thing about sea of thieves is um you log into the game you pick up a quest you sail and it's a sailing game so there's a lot of sailing obviously but like it'll take you five minutes to get to your quest you'll pick up your loot it'll take you five minutes to get back to the location to turn it in and you can get attacked at any one of those points but like half the time you're playing the game you have no loot to get to get stolen so like you'll be getting attacked and like th the people attacking you will not get rewarded for it and it's just an inconvenience to you right and like sometimes people just want to fight and that's fine but like half the time i'm playing the game i'm like y'all are attacking me and there's gonna be no reward for it and it's annoying so this season and it's it's been a bit controversial they've added a kind of fast travel system where instead of you logging into the game and you take it you have to sail to the point to start the quest they're just allowing you to start the quest and it will it will take you directly to the start of the quest um and the point of doing that is to cut the amount of time that people don't have loot on their ships so like basically now if you see someone on the water most likely they will have loot on their ship so like it is a it is a much faster also a much scarier experience because now you're you're kind of cutting the middleman out of getting loot but also now you most likely will be getting attacked twice as much and that's really scary mm -hmm. and i really like it uh i love this game it has so many different ways you can be a pirate you can you can focus on the gold hoarders and it's all about buried treasure and and finding vaults to do puzzles the merchant alliance which is about doing cargo voyages or finding underwater temples to find stuff you have the reapers which is all about pvp and like those guys are the sweaty 
heaviest players on the server because if you see a reaper flag you're like oh no i'm about to get murdered uh there's an entire <laughs> there's an entire fishing uh, uh guild where like you catch fish and you fight megalodons and krakens uh there's so much cool variety to what kind of pirate you want to be and then this this season added so much more stuff it makes it so easy to jump into the game it also added um a new cosmetic feature of rings and like again i love cosmetics and games so now the higher level you get you can start adding cool rings to your character so you can really make the pirate you want to make and i'm just super excited to start playing it actually literally after i'm done recording this i'm going to jump into the new season because it's like people are really talking about it. they're really jonesing I, I met some new people and i've joined a guild and again playing this game solo is really tough because when you're one pirate on a ship versus four people on a ship you are going to lose no matter what you can't win uh they will board you you'll get murdered all your stuff will get taken so like a lot of people are back in the game and i don't need to talk about it very long but like i'm just super excited this game is good this is the sixth year it's going to be out it came out in 20 god i we are getting so old ben it came out in 2018 uh, but i've only just recently come to the game so i still have a hundred hours of stuff you can see diving now so you will be diving to your quest instead of having to sail to it um which is really really cool it gets you right into the game immediately and i'm really excited about that uh so i just want to talk about that i've been playing sea of thieves so much uh it is an xbox only game there's rumors that it's coming to ps5 and if it does holy shit man uh, uh i will if it, if i will get you guys comes... to play oh my god yes no, if the, if PS5 gets Sea of Thieves, because I know th I'm pretty sure Sea of Thieves is made by Rare, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and of course we all know Rare is a is a Microsoft owned studio. True. Uh, but if by chance Microsoft decides to play nice and PlayStation allows it and allows crossplay, because I remember for a while they were kind of being jerks about it. Sony was being jerks about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the crossplay thing, especially with Fortnite and, and some other games, then this I will. Yep, I'll dive right in. I will be like, you know what? I want to be a pirate. I'm gonna be sailing the open sea with my friends. Yo ho, yo ho! It's oh my and god, Ben! Just, you love shanties? Yeah. Oh my god! There are multiple musical instruments, and you become a band together. Uh, it's so yeah. beautiful. You'll get randomly attacked by the kraken, and giant megalodons will come, and there's like ghost, just ghost ships. There's so just oh, there's the pirates of the Caribbean. They've added a bunch of single player modes. So, real quick, I didn't think I was going to talk about it this long, but I have to talk about this for a little bit. Okay. So, you are in the Sea of Thieves, which is like its own pirate universe. Uh, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean story content, it's about Davy Jones, who is, you know, he, the Davy Jones locker. He comes to the Sea of Thieves to try to take over the underworld version of, of Davy Jones' locker, which is called the Sea of the Damned. So, he's like basically coming to our underworld to try to take it over. And you fight Davy Jones on, on his ships. You fight like, you fight, uh, like fish people, like from his crew. Uh, it's so fun it's so great obviously like none of the voice actors come back except gibbs who is like the second like the older guy with the with the yeah. with the patchy oh, that voice actor is in the that. game and you're hanging out with him you're hanging out with some of the characters from pirates of the caribbean 4 which is an odd i guess an odd choice but it's like one of the new quote-unquote newer ones but um they've added the, the 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 monkey island stuff from uh the legend of monkey island those those point and click adventures you could hang out with all of those crew members and do fun pirate adventures with them it's so great it is like the ultimate incredible pirate experience um i'm just so excited that this game is still is doing as well as it is uh because i am fully on board now i have been playing less Fortnite because i've been playing sea of thieves and it's just a wonderful wonderful experience nice ben we're gonna move on to from one sea to another to another sea sea of stars tell me about My sea of stars good if you love 16-bit style turn-based RPGs. This is the game for you. 
my goodness gracious this gets um, beautiful as it is the sprite work in this game is absolutely gorgeous the artwork is fantastic the story is it is a fantasy story but it's just different fantasy and i can't really describe it but it's just look the um the chrono trigger influence is there yep 100 percent. the chrono trigger influence is there but it's not afraid to do different stuff it's not afraid to um just to be a different it's not the simple it's not like the traditional final fantasy such as like in final, it's not final fantasy it's not the traditional fantasy story like in final fantasy 16 this is it's obviously a fantasy world but it's different and it's just the vibe and the artwork is what sells sells me to this game and wants me to play this game more and more but also the characters in it are amazing like my favorite character is garl the warrior cook like he has no special powers no special abilities he's just good at cooking and he uses a pot lid as a shield and something to bash enemies faces in love it i love it and you like the magic system is different it's not um a traditional i mean you have hp and mp but every time you attack an enemy you gain mp and it's it's just so this game is fantastic and it's absolutely stunning the soundtrack is mwah, playing the game i don't feel annoyed because sometimes especially with older 8-bit games you can only handle chip tunes for so long yeah the music in this game is top-notch and finally, they released the, um, the the soundtrack, the whole soundtrack for like streaming services like Apple Music, Spotify, and everything. But this was such an amazing hit with the RPG fans that I was like, you know what, I've got to give it a, sh a shot because so many times a lot of people are talking about how they miss the traditional turn-based style RPG. Mm -hmm. But what I also love about this game, it's not as simple like you hit, you click attack, you attack. It's like, but if you time a button press you do extra damage. I love that. Or you have, like, um, Valer, the Lunar Monk, she has a move called the Moon the Moonerang, which is because which is a giant boomerang-style moon, but she uses her staff to deflect it, so you get a good, um, you get um, more damage. Like, the like of course, the fast, the more it goes, the faster it gets. So next, so next thing you know, you're, like, constantly tapping X in tandem to try and, like, hit all these enemies, and it's just so satisfying when you get a long chain going, and you see those damage numbers jump. Oh, yeah. Reminds me of a... I'm sure other games have done this, but it reminds me of Paper Mario. That has the same type of uh, combat system. Yeah! Oh, that's another RPG I need to play, because Thousand Year Dome is coming! Whoop, whoop, whoop. I, want, I could play Paper Mario on the NSO! I... Oh, man, I forgot about Thousand Year Door. But I'm yeah, so Sea of Stars, I'm about 25-ish hours into Sea of Stars. I absolutely adore it. It's, Love it. It was in my top 15 for a reason. Just... The, this is truly an indie gem that I'm so glad that so many people, when the game came out at the end of August, were saying like this game is truly fantastic. And if you have like if Xbox Game Pass or um, the PlayStation subscription, if you have a certain level, I think it's the mid tier where yeah, you yeah. get access to this game at no extra charge. But also they just uh, announced that they're releasing it physically, both on all platforms: Switch, Xbox, PlayStation Five, PS4, even. You can get play this game if you don't have if you don't if you didn't buy it digitally or if you did buy it digitally for one console you can get it for a different one, and I feel like this is game was made for the Nintendo Switch, but playing on the PS5 is just so smooth. Love it's it. It's just so gorgeous, and I've heard nothing but amazing things. It runs great across all consoles, as far as I've heard, because it's a 16-bit style game. Yeah, and just look how gorgeous the sprite work is. It's stunning. Like this, it feel when people say. Retro style games are dead. 
look at indie games like this. Look at indie games like Celeste, The Messenger, um, God, Dave the Diver that came out earlier this year. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen gameplay of it, and it looks like like 16-bit and 8-bit style games are making a comeback in the indie scene. These are the, are Ben, these really... are the same people who are like play Spider-Man 2 that say retro games are dead because yeah. retro games have never been more popular than they are now. <laughs> no, re- at least retro style that, games. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, popular. yeah. Because here is a game that has the, there's no voice acting. There's There are some animated cutscenes that are really short here and there. I would, I really hope that Sea of Stars goes the way of Cuphead. And when I say that, I mean that Sea of Stars becomes so popular, so many people play and enjoy it, that the studio, that people realize it, like, look, we can do something. Because Cuphead not only got a, a fantastic animated show on Netflix, I want to see this as an anime. So bad. Because this looks like it could make an amazing, amazing anime. Th- so and this game, the story... That, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm in a part of the story which just... I'm not going to spoil it because it, it just shocked me to my core. And I am just, the more I play this game, the more I'm finding out because you, it's one of those, it's a fantastic story where you think it's one thing and then the more you play, more stuff gets added on, but it's not complicated. It's not convoluted. It goes, oh shit. That that seahorse like, is really cool. That was a cool seahorse boss. The seahorse is right. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, yeah, the game is fantastic. If you, by all means, for the love of God, play this game. It's uh, so, so it's sold, and this isn't like the greatest amount of sales, but for an indie game, it's not bad. It sold 250,000 copies in its first week, but because of Xbox and PlayStation subscriptions, it's been played by 4 million people. So that's a, that's a, that's a lot of people, bro. That's a lot that of people. Is a lot, that is a lot of people, and oh, there's so many other games I want to talk about, but looking up on time, we got to hurt. No, we got to hurry. Don't Shit. worry. We'll, we'll run through it. We played some Mario Wonder. We played some Mario Wonder. Yeah. We most certainly have Mario Wonder, fantastic game. Absolutely adore this game. This is this was a shot in the arm that the Mario series, the side-scrolling Mario series, needed. True, in my opinion, it's so unique. Um, it's so unique. Every every single level is vibrant. Some of them are really short too, but they are they're all unique and they all do something different. The, the badge system is incredible. Oh yeah, the the badges is great. The how you get the wonder seeds, um, the wonder flower, le- the wonder flower sections of the level are i think each one is different yep and I, that's why i think it was where the game shines is that there's not i haven't encountered a gameplay loop or it's like oh this is kind of i mean you might get something that's similar but there's still things that are different there are thing there are characters you can play as like a nabbit or yoshi for beginning players who've never played a side scrolling mario game before where it's like oh you don't have to worry about falling to your doom or getting hurt you can enjoy the level enjoy the aesthetics enjoy the wonderful graphics of mario wonder yep like the art design in this game is fantastic. Oh yeah, I love the talking. The talking flowers to me are hilarious. Uh huh. And I absolutely adore this game. Yeah. If uh, you are a fan of Mario games, yes, this has to be in your library. Absolutely. Uh, I will say, playing it, the only way I've played it is with four people multiplayer. It is beyond chaotic, and the oh, yeah. the the system of having someone like the lead player have a crown and the camera follows them is a disaster, but in really fun, chaotic ways. I wish that was a little different, but uh, this is a yeah. fun game to play with homies. I only play this game with my fiance. Yeah. I don't play it with anyone else. I actually, it's not that I don't want to play it by myself. I have way more fun playing with them. And also because my fiance and I, we played through um, super Mario 3d land together Woo-hoo! and I love how 
Mario games are becoming more and more multiplayer friendly. Yeah. So you enjoy, like, yes, I do agree that sometimes the camera and how it constantly switches between characters as the leader is annoying because there are times where I'm like, oh, we need to do this, but she can't get the move right or she doesn't get the, the certain jump correctly. Once again, there is a learning curve to the game, like, but still, the game itself is fantastic. Yeah. It truly is. I hate to say it, pun intended, it is a wonder to play. And uh, being a giant elephant Mario is really hilarious. Ben, yeah, you talked is. about a old, a new retro game. Tell me about an old retro game. It's called Chrono, Chrono Trigger. Trigger. God, one of the best, a game that has heralded as one of the best video games ever made. It's one of true. The best RPGs ever created. It's, it's true. And I, and I bought this game. I got this game on a really good eBay buy. I paid $75 for it. CIB. Apparently, I got one of the earlier prints of the game because it comes CIB with is sealed. No, it's not. What does it Com mean? Well, no, it's complete in box. Compl I was about sealed as though with a C. <laughs> no, dude, if it was sealed, I would have paid like upwards of like close to $1,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chrono Trigger, I've been, I finally started playing Chrono Trigger because of Sea of Stars, and I want to see, and now I'm not super far in the game. I did get the, the robot in my party, and I think I just got Frog. I was going to say, have you met Frog yet? The dopest dope? I have met, I love Frog. Yeah. Uh, all the love to Frog. Praise be the Frog Knight. Um, the cool game guy. is fantastic. The, the, just the way, um, the ATB system is and where, how you fight enemies. Um, it's just, the game is absolutely gorgeous. And love the it. more I play it, the more I see it's like, now I understand. I understand the love for this game. Yeah. I understand why people go batshit crazy for this game. I understand why Chrono Trigger is the top game on everyone's list of games that need to be remastered for the Switch or brought to Switch. Just give us this game. And playing in the DS version, while the SNES version is great, the DS version is I love it. I am so glad I paid the money for the DS version because a lot of people who are diehard Chrono Trigger fans say the DS version is the way to play it because, you know, there's more quality of life improvements. The map. Have a map. The map on the bottom screen Amazing. so you know where to go. You're not, you're not constantly lost. I would have loved that. It is, it is so much fun. And truly, it is one of those games where your choices, the things that you do, are have consequences. There's a part where Chrono is um, on trial for something and it's like you have these NPCs come up and it's like, oh, shit, I was supposed to do X, Y, and Z and talk to this person in a certain way? It's like, but I didn't know because I'm playing the game blind. The only time I pull up a, a walkthrough is like to make sure I'm going in the right direction because, you know, it's an older RPG. Some of those older RPGs kind of scare me where it's like they give you a very vague clue on go that away, and you realize, oh, shit, was I supposed to go that way, or is there a side quest over there? I don't yeah. know. And but, if you've oh ever no. if you've ever seen Chrono Trigger, you're like, wow, a lot of those characters look like they're from Dragon Ball Z. It's like, yeah, because Akira Toriyama designed the characters. <laughs> Incredible he look. Designed, Incredible look. He designed the characters. Now, the cool, also the great thing about the DS port is that it includes the cutscenes from the PlayStation port of the Ooh. game, but none of the horrible low times and lag. Love it. Love it. Yeah. The so you get you get the amazing cutscenes. The soundtrack is. Mwah! I am. Um, Seriously, every time when when people I've I've made it my goal to beat this game, not 100% completed, but I at least want to make the credits roll at least once. And I'm gonna try and probably look up to see like, okay, where can, what other endings can I possibly get? Because this is a, one of those games where there's the time travel mechanic. Yep, is not is not horrible. No. Now, when people say time travel in a fantasy RPG, you kind of go, I don't know. But here's the thing, it's so, like it's so good. I wouldn't. 
I don't know if I'd even call this a fully, like, a fantasy RPG because there's robots and you go to the future. So, like, it's like... You go to the future. It's like a a time-spanning, all-encompassing RPG. I got... You know who I also just recently got in my party? Hmm. I got the prehistoric uh, barbarian woman. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I forgot her name, but she is just so... She's just so cool. All the characters are so fun. Yep. And even though there are fantasy elements, there's magic. It's like, yeah, you go to the far future. You go to the distant pet. You go to the, the distant past. You go to prehistoric times. Yep. This game is truly a, is and what, an amazing experience. Yeah. And it's such a pleasure to play. And just, I under, now that I can say I understand. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so, because I've had this game in my collection for a while. But, uh, you know, life happens, other games come out, other things, like, pop up, and it's like, oh, I gotta play these these games first. But now, now I'm finally sitting down and play, or, once I beat Sea of Stars, I'm going to devote my time to Chrono Trigger. Because I started playing Chrono Trigger when I was sick with COVID a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, I gotta go back. Yeah, this and... This game was just too damn good. Where there's smoke, there's fire, but there have been long rumors that a remaster slash remake is coming out sometime in the next year or two, for as long as the rumors persisted. So, like, we might even be getting, like, a CF Stars looking Chrono Trigger soon, which would be incredible. It We're... would. And if... if um, I heard good things about the Chrono Cross remaster for the Switch and, and modern consoles, but... It does. It pales in comparison to Chrono Trigger. It's also not quite as good as a game. Like I'm not gonna say it's a bad game, yeah. but like it's 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 really good. But like it's hard to be a masterpiece. No, you hear Chrono Trigger, you're like, I want. You hear Chrono, you say Trigger, Trigger. Where's Chrono Trigger? Yeah, that's that's the game. That is like that is Chrono Trigger is like the best SNES RPG. And when it was omitted from the snes classic so many people were upset of course not that there aren't bad rpgs on that classic i mean secret of mana final fantasy 3 6 um super mario rpg legend of seven stars great rpgs are on that system already yeah but just i don't know what it is because square i don't know it's just because um square has to pay money to akira toriyama because they're his designs i don't know what the contract deal is but the fact that we do have ways to play Chrono Trigger, because you can get the game on Steam, thankfully. The DS port, yes, the DS port is expensive, but is it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ben, we're going to move on to a game that I recently started playing and has taken the world by storm. Again, we're running short on time, so I'll just go quick with this one. But there's a game mm-hmm. called Pal World, Ben. And this game was announced three to four years ago. And this, when, this. when it was announced, it was like, oh, it's Pokemon with guns. And... Technically, that is true. It is technically Pokemon with guns, but it is way, way, way more than that. Because what people didn't know is this is a survival game in the vein of Minecraft, Valheim, Rust, even Lego Fortnite, which is a new survival game. Um, You start out and you are punching trees and punching rocks to build a crafting table, to build an axe, all that. But also, it is Pokemon. Where you are, there's a there's 111 uh, unique Pokemon. There's no evolutions or anything. It's just it's just they are what they are. But um, okay. you catch them, and then they help you at your at your camp to get better resources. So you'll build a logging camp, and you'll have your little Pokemon mine up some rocks for you. And then eventually you get strong enough where you can give them AK47s. <laughs> um, and also it's it's. <laughs> 
the thing about Pokemon that's so interesting is like um, there's like a really dark side to Pokemon no one talks about. It's like it is poke it is professional uh, dog fighting. You are capturing yeah. Pokemon against their will. They are living in, in in balls against their will, right? You throw them to fight other monsters, and like we don't really talk about that. Pal World doesn't give a shit. It's like we know what we are. We know what we're doing. So not only can you capture these pals in this world, but you can also kill the pals yourself. Like you, you get guns yourself. You get weapons to take them out. When you defeat them, they drop loot like any other survival game. But also, like the game's in early access, so there's only three quote unquote gym gyms. But it is a massive open world. It's quite been honestly like it's like the best Pokemon game to come out in a long time, and it's in early access because and we've had this conversation before. But like, no matter how good the Pokemon games are now, there's no innovation. And especially, like, Scarlet and Violet runs horribly, horribly mm -hmm. on the Switch. Pal World is, like, looks incredible. It is, like, a next-gen-looking game. It's also Pokemon. It's also Survival. It's also Breath of the Wild because, like, you're traversing with, like, a glider and stuff. It is an amalgamation of so many different games. And Pokemon fans are, hate this game so much because, like... Oh, of course they do. And, like, yes, they are... Yes, they are very clearly, like, ripping off Pokemon, but it's not just ripping off Pokemon. It's also ripping off a bunch of other games. But that's not a bad yeah. thing. Homaging games and, like, g being inspired by other games is not a bad thing. Uh, it's also an Xbox exclusive. So, like, one day I hope you can play it, Ben, and, like, play it as, like, a group because this is, like, the multiply multiplayer Pokemon experience I wish we, c we could have now. Uh, it's, it's sensational. It's bananas. Uh, and that's... Yeah. I don't think I have a video for it, but we also play a little bit of lego fortnite uh we don't have to talk we about did. it we don't have to talk about it long i think it's still really early uh there's not yeah. a lot you can do but it, it's a lot of fun uh it's not as fun as playing regular fortnite to me but lego fortnite yeah. is also a good time I, it's no power world if you ask me <laughs> I, i'm definitely i mean i will play with my friends i definitely won't play lego fortnite by myself because you know games like fortnite they just they don't really appeal to me um yeah even the games like Animal crossing where i did enjoy Animal crossing and like like i famously said Animal crossing was my game of the year in 2020 because because of not only what it did during the pandemic but because of like because it was like the fun cozy game we needed to get through the help us get through the pandemic absolutely but when games are like have giant like, like hey you're in a sandbox do whatever you want build whatever you want my, even my own creativity sometimes gets stifled and i remember reading somewhere that even when you have um like limitation breeds innovation true and even though as much as i love being able to create my own world as like as a writer or someone who enjoys writing and creating things i find that there are times where i'm like if i'm giving to my own devices yeah i can, can do fun stuff but then it's like i don't know what else to do or what else can i make out of this but when i'm given a prompt or when oh, i'm yeah. giving like you know some limitations all of a sudden i create something like oh shit yeah i was given limitations but i made something amazing and then when you have stuff like lego fortnite or minecraft or those type of games where it's like do whatever the heck you want you're you're the world is your oyster it doesn't to me it just like i don't know what to do there's not enough structure for like, you yeah like how like in skyrim where it's like yes there is structure but it's at the same time it's like you could be whatever you want it's like do i put all my points in this do i put all my points in x y and, oh, what do i do yeah and it's just like just go out whereas zelda it's like okay it is that but it's also scaled down you yeah. don't have to worry about stats you don't have to worry about classes it's just weapons out there Go get. I, I wonder, Ben, now that Skyrim is almost like, like it's 13 years old, now that you've played Dungeons and Dragons, I would really like for you, not, not any, obviously, like, I don't need you to go back to Skyrim, but like, that is basically like Dungeons and Dragons light. So I'd be really interesting oh, yeah. to you to go back and like, oh, I, now I'm, now I'm kind of invested in this yeah. type of game, I, but like, I, it, I, it's old game. You don't need it. 
I think I needed to. I think I just needed to be told, like, look, you can think of Dungeons and Dragons. You can play a certain type of character, kind of yeah. like a um, Dark Souls or even Elden Ring. Absolutely. Like, pick your archetype at the beginning, and you're stuck with that, or you're not really stuck with that. But then you can choose to put points in whatever, what kind of build you want. Because you guys know me, I like swinging a giant sword and doing shit like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the games that we talked about, man. Yeah. Let's transition back to the big screen. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, we expected to go for two hours, but we're having such a good conversation. We're going two fifteen. I'm just going to run down yeah. a couple games coming out in the next three months that I'm excited about. Do you have one right off the top of your head? I have two. Go for it. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Princess Peach Showtime. Hell yeah! I'm excited for. Uh, no offense to Princess Peach, but like, I'm not going to play that game. I'm sure it's going to be great, but like, Rebirth looks like a damn, damn good game. Oh my god! I'm sweating. That's another reason. That's another reason why I want to play through Sea of Stars is so I can uh, and Chrono Trigger so when Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out, I can get that game on day one. There's only so many giant RPGs in the world. <laughs> there's so many giant art. Like, this is the year for me, the RPG, because I want to play uh, Final Fantasy VII. I want to play Super Mario RPG. Uh, Mario RPG, the remake came out. I want to get that game for my Nintendo Switch. Um, Thou- Thousand Year Door? Thousand Year Door remake. I could. I have access. I have NSO. I have the expansion pass. Yes, I am that shill. But I have access to Paper Mario. I can play Paper Mario. God damn it! It's a great game. I'm ready. I want to go. Yo, Thousand Year Door is my favorite Mario game. I get it. Uh, I'm gonna name Thousand off. Year Door is coming out f- about freaking time. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not super excited for this, but I'm intrigued because I'm a comic book shill. Suicide Squad kills a Justice League. I'm just. I just want to know if that game is gonna be good. It's been in development almost ten years. Almost ten years. That's bananas. And like the game looks fine or whatever it's a live service game but whatever but the game i'm most excited about ben it's called hell divers 2 i know i've we've watched some trailers that is um that is starship troopers the game the first hell divers is a top down experience and this game is a full 3d uh the first game is also it's a multiplayer like survival uh, shooter not minecraft survival but like you are facing waves of incredibly hard enemies and you will die and you're supposed to survive with your homies and every time you survive you get better uh, experience better loot for the next wave uh and it looks great it looks really funny it's about like you know like serving your purpose like like join the empire blah 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 you will die for your country and like that kind of starship troopers like like it's satire of, of like you know uh, imperialism that's just that's right up my alley it looks like a lot of fun it looks really hard i'm really excited for it it comes out next month and luckily i got money in my psn wallet that i'm saving for so uh coming out in a month i'm excited for it there we go yeah uh for me Final fantasy 7 rebirth what can you say and i i'm when it was announced princess princess uh princess peach showtime it just looks like a fantastic game and princess peach hasn't started her own game since super princess peach on the nintendo ds hot dog so i'm really looking forward so i'm looking forward to playing a, a mario s game without mario and where peach is the main uh, protagonist and i'm looking forward to it it looks like a fun time yeah absolutely love it yeah well Anyways, i think that i think that's it i think that's it that will that will definitely end it. Apologies for trying to rush through, but it, I gotta go to work and I, I haven't eaten anything yet. No, so I, I get you. To, I gotta go. I gotta try and make sure I get to work on time. But anyways, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet, my friend? You can find me drinking water. <laughs> you can find me all over the internet at DJ Tony Snark. And recently, I've started streaming on Twitch at DJ Tony Snark six one six. But uh, if you don't like Twitch, just go to my YouTube because I have the video on the Mad Vods uh, same day. So on YouTube, DJ Tony Snark. All over the internet. What about you, Benjamino? Well, you can find me on the internet at BenMega27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and, thre- TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and play Mary Frankenstein in the D- in the Dungeons & Dragons-style podcast, DN Dark. Listen to it. And also, in the future, little sizzle for all y'all, um, be on the lookout for uh, someone is going to try to be the very best like no one ever was. Oh, am I? will I be there? 
Oh, I think you will be there, my mm. friend. You most certainly will be there. You will be the. You will be a certain guy that rhymes with rock, if you will. Misty. <laughs> ah. I can't wait to lock in that game. I know. Me too. All right. But anyways, until until next time. Uh, I don't know when this is coming up, but we are. But it's coming out coming very up. soon. We record on the twenty third. It's coming out very soon. We'll be. Keep an eye out for other uh, pause minutes. I have a few pause minutes in the pipeline ready to be recorded. I have one that's already recorded. I can't wait. That has uh, Urinating Tree, the famous sports bot, uh, or the the sports YouTuber. He was kind of to come along. We talked about sports video games. That was a great conversation. So when that episode comes out, check it out. But until next time, everyone, unpause.